view a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. gentlemen welcome to the very special episode number 34 and the two-year anniversary of casting the spotlight hell yeah we made it It seems like two weeks kind of it doesn't fucking well, feel yeah, like two really years. two years yeah uh it's been a long journey it's been a fun journey one person that has helped us out is finally Join the podcast tonight. He's otherwise known as the creator of the Casting a Spotlight logo, our good friend and our brother, Tyler Stevens. Welcome back to Missouri, man. What up, guys? <laughs> I'm happy to be in Missouri. Obviously, raised a little bit here, so a little familiar <laughs> back in this whole setting, you know? Fucking holy shit, this two damn long, guys. Too fucking long we've been waiting for this moment, and here we are. It's Yeah, it's been... I don't think the last time we saw each other, we thought that it was going to be this long, though. Oh, God, That's no, dude. Sure. Not a year and a half. No. COVID kind of tossed a <laughs> wrench in that, too. Just to put it into perspective to everyone that's listening, because obviously life fucking changes a lot of shit, and it just, you never really kind of expect where it's going to go, especially at the point that, like, you're leaving after a trip. It's like, you know, eventually you likely will see each other, but you don't know exactly the place and when, and this time was, like, a huge example of, like, it really could be fucking far as down the line. You know, sometimes it's only a few months, but, like, it was legitimately 18 months. Yeah. Like, I remember specifically in 2019, the last time that I was out here to see um, The Rise of Skywalker with you guys, and Joe came out and all that stuff, that me and Elijah were chilling in his car, like, literally making a pact. We are going into 2020, not even knowing what was about to hit us or anything like that, saying, like, oh, 2020, the turn of a new decade, like... This will be our claiming of like this coming decade, 2020 to 2030. This will be our friend groups, like decade, our coming into the growth of ourselves. And we very much were like laying this down, like, fuck yes, dude. Like, in 10 years from now, we're going to lock this shit in and we will be back in each other's lives. And it's going to be beautiful to see like where we come from. And that was 2019, before 2020, before we even realized anything that was about to happen. A whole fucking pandemic hit. Everything got locked down. I wasn't even able to fly, period. I mean, you could fly some, but I obviously wasn't able to come all the way the hell back out here. Everything was, like, yeah. locked down. So it's, like, the entire year. I think 2020 was probably the first year in, I mean, since I met you guys that I haven't seen you at least once. Yeah. The whole calendar year. Honestly, January through December. From January 1st to December 31st, not a one minute, not no. one second, not anything. No. It's like, that's crazy to consider. Ethan as well, dude. Like, I haven't, before yesterday when we hung out with Ethan, I hadn't seen him. I don't even think I saw him in January except for when we were at the theaters. We And I, that was only like a quick time. But the last time I legitimately was in a setting where I was like able to sit down and chat with Ethan was probably like, two years ago like it's so crazy to witness how fucking time just flies dude and all this shit just has happened to every one of us after all this course of like time just rolling and rolling and suddenly we're like holy shit like 
here we are looking at like an eventual reunion after so much stuff has developed for every one of us, dude. Yeah. Over Being the course in your mid twenties seems insane. Like it feels like, cause like the four years we spent in high school, like yeah, they kind of flew by, but at the same time, they felt like a while that we were in there and that we were doing shit and that we were like seeing each other all like every weekend, big groups getting together. Like that felt like a pretty long period of my life, for sure. And then, like, since we got out of high school, the years since then have just flown. Like, I feel like my life's just flying before my eyes now since I, like, got out of school. Oh, honestly, (laughs) dude. After, like, we went through that course of, like, high school, we kind of, like, we're still coming into our own. We're still kind of, like, in that chapter of getting ready to go into, like, we didn't know really where our lives were going to go. Obviously, everyone has a, like, idea of, all right, college or this or that or the other, but it was very much at a point where we we're all still in the same playing field of like, here we go. We're getting ready to go into the world. And then suddenly everything changes. Like, dude, I can honestly say life definitely hit me with a fucking bit of a whirlwind. It's like when we left like high school and then like, I even kind of had a little bit of a break, like in college. Cause I just was sort of doing the same thing, but a new setting, like just going to classes and mm-hmm. stuff consistently. Once I was done with all that and I was like faced with like, damn, now I'm in the real world. Like I actually have to like, build my life build up like fend for myself build basically my world and live in it yeah. it was kind of like a very huge step back for me to kind of be like fuck like i don't know how to do this <laughs> it's, an it's an eye-opening experience to really like consider and contemplate how much shit there is actually you have to do like how much responsibility you have to attain like how much how much goes into actually making an adult life fucking work? Yeah, dude. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, and I'm not saying, like, I'm to the point where I'm, like, I'm incapable of doing that. I'm no. still at the, I, you know, I feel like I'm weirdly at a position in my life where I'm not, like, fully taking the grasp of being an adult yet. Like, I still kind of have those childlike, you know, personality traits yeah. to me in a way. Like, I still kind of want to be a free spirit and still kind of, like, I don't like the idea of being locked down to a job and all that shit but obviously that's kind of just the way you play life that's the way you play the game you you fucking go and be responsible and you go make your paycheck so you can do the things you want to do in your life and be you know actually when you don't have all this other responsibilities to take care of you can actually still kind of do the things you care about the most in your life it's it's that's really what i found the most part of like growing up is about is like taking care of your shit but also still finding the time to fit in that shit that like always made you you a little bit and truly brings out that like realest part of you that makes you happy yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah you can quickly become another spoke on the machine Mm -hmm. and just be running through the system like you know like if you don't keep that individuality like it can't happen and it's easy man it's easy to get sucked into that it's easy to get sucked in that mindset it's easy to like let that machine kind of take over your life and like run you the fuck down and like i know anytime i was you know a fast food worker or something like that like man that seems like it's such a faceless like you know non-respected role at all and if you let yourself fall into that too much like you let that become your identity and i always tried to I realized that after a certain point when that became the case and I tried to like, I just wanted to make sure I had still that sense of me because yes, that's where I work. Yes, that's what I did. And 
maybe I wasn't always happy, but I was always happy to be able to be blessed with that job and earn that paycheck. And at the end of the day, when I clocked out at the end of the day, I still needed to find something that was like, I'm not just a fucking person that washes dishes for my life <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Like It I, doesn't, what you do for a living shouldn't define who no. you are. Shouldn't. Uh, but the thing is too, is like, you know, the way you were talking about like what you think about and stuff like that. Like, if you spend all your time thinking about like just the negative shit in your life, it just feels all negative. We've all been there and shit like that. You know what I mean? If it feels like it it's, it's you become what you think about. It is. That is your reality. Like you're stuck with yourself 24-7-365. You think negative, you feel negative. You think yeah. positive, you feel positive. And that yeah. can even be incorporated like that mindset even in those jobs where like we're, we're not working them because we're passionate about working at fucking Target or Pizza Hut. We're working them because we're passionate about making money and living life and being responsible. Well, you want to take care of the stuff yeah. you need yeah. to take. You base this is what I always say and like it, you know, whatever. But like you do what you got to do, then you get to live. Yes. You, you have to I mean? support well, yourself the, and your lifestyle like, to even have a lifestyle. Yeah, you have to pay bills. You have to pay your bills. Yeah. You have to set yourself up for a successful future to become successful. Yeah. That's why money isn't everything, but money is definitely a good facet to fucking allow you to do anything you want to. Well, yeah, first and foremost. That's the thing. You have to handle your shit. First and foremost, you have to handle your shit. Because if you want to accomplish your goals, there's always kind of that threshold that, like, if you want to get to that point, you got to bust your ass and pay your dues and kiss some ass to kind of get to that next level. Nobody is going to drag you fucking along for the ride. The thing that I look at it though, you're not always going to be happy in the position that you're in, but there's, I heard Steve Harvey actually of all people talking one time and it's a difference between, it's a, it, it's a matter of your attitude because you're not always going to be happy in the position of you're in, but consider the opportunity you have and be considered that you're given that chance and it's not about go to work and say, oh, I have to go to work today, but say it more like, I get to go to work today. Not, I gotta go to work today, and oh, goddamn it, like, I'm gonna be there all day, but I get to do this. I get to have a job. I get to earn this money. I get to set myself up for a potential future that, you know, you know that this isn't permanent for you, but this is 100%. And I'm not saying this is in, like, the podcast, obviously, but this is in that job that you don't see yourself being in forever. But it can always be used as an opportunity. It's always seen as a blessing. There's always a silver lining that can pl- be played off of. You know what I mean? Mm. 100%. Your mindset factors into your life. Always. You can work a dog shit job all day, but if you have 100% positive mindset all day, you will be the happiest individual in your mm. life and you will live a truly fulfilling lifestyle. Some of the happiest people in the world make 30 or 40 grand a year. Yeah. Like, it's just enough to pay the bills and, you know, they have a family, you know, whatever, and, and they just, that's why it does, it's not about that, it's definitely about, like, we, the thing is, some people are dealt shit hands and, like, you, you have to make the best of your situation, but we've seen it time and time again, in this country especially, but, like, a lot of, you can, you can build something from nothing, you just have to fucking be willing to work hard for it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's happened again and again and again and again. That's literally, I feel like... So many people kind of lose the sight of, like, what the American dream is. And I think that's kind of the basis of, like, the American dream is that literally you do have the ability to build what the fuck you want. You're not always going to be just fucking handed to you. You're going to be going through this shit for it. But in this country, if you have that fucking will and that fucking 
determination, mm. you the options are there to get no, through that are. challenge and get to that level. You can start at nothing. Exactly. That's it's exactly. So, yeah. so many. Look at all the wrestlers we adore, different rappers that we adore that have come up off the streets out of nothing, out of slums, and have made that life for themselves. That's a one hundred percent theme of just what what you have to do to get by in life. You have to fucking ball hard to go out hard in Dude, life. People are people always try to not to you know because obviously there's there's things uh, in faults and shit like that. But ideally, this is the country to live. Because of the freedoms you're granted, you yeah. can do it. There are a lot of other places you can't. You can't do any of that. People are coming from all over the place still all the time, just so they can have the freedom to build the life they want, not the fucking communist life yeah. they have to have, not the fucking you know whatever. That is true. It's it is. It's there's no. There, people don't realize that this does not exist most other places. Well, and that's true too. I'm not like. You know? The quickest individual to constantly kiss my ass on being like an American, like oh fuck yeah, I'm American and no, I'm proud. Because I see no there's faults within this country, but I also see this country honestly offers a lot more opportunity. You gotta marry people assigned to you in a, in a lot of other countries. You know, this country has its issues with race wars and different shit like that, but in many other countries, like. You won't even be able to have that war oh, yeah. because if they tried to protest, it would be an instant end right there. We're bottom. We're easily. We're one of the top tiers when it comes to a lot of that shit. I was talking about that with other coworkers the other day that like came from Bosnia and stuff. Yeah. Like they're saying, like they were talking about people from the same country. They're all just Bosnians. Like they wouldn't. They would have racial problems or issues with people just because they were from another fucking town. Like, if they were, like, in another area of the country, they were like, ah, fuck those people, we hate those people. And it's like that way in Asia, too. Like, the Japanese and the Chinese, they hate each other. It's just like, that kind of stuff happens all over the world. I feel like you do still kind of see that in America, though. If you you think about it, like, like, East Coasters and West Coasters will commonly have that issue. Like, Boston versus, like, New York, they always have that feud. Like, there is still that shit within our, our shit. But it almost feels a little more sort of friendly at times with those kind of rivalries because it's like a lot of times it's rooted in like sports and shit like that Sometimes. so it's just like ah fuck that city but like in other parts of the world it's a legit hatred it's just like that's ah, true. fuck these people because of this it's just like that's true yeah well <laughs> what's the point like yeah we definitely have our own issues but... I mean we have like our gang warfare just based on turf alone too i remember looking oh, yeah. out in, in illinois and shit that was something that like my like older stepbrothers were constantly living with because like you weren't even allowed to go over into a certain area code or you were threatened with like the fact that you mm-hmm. might fucking legitimately get killed there like this ain't your spot dude like you stay the fuck out yeah. and it was serious dude and it was like legitimately down the fucking block it wasn't like Here's the line. It was like, you knew where the fucking line was. This was their area, and this was our area. It wasn't even like the next town over. It was like, down the street is your place, and this is our place. Yeah, that's every city in the country, too, really. Just because there are gangs everywhere. Oh, absolutely. There's gangs everywhere. How long do you live in... Because you, obviously, you were born in Chicago. I, I personally never had, like... I never really felt like I had that true Illinois growing up experience because yeah. I only lived there until I was five years old. So the majority of the time I was there, I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't have any issues as a kid. I mean, I was going around my parents most of the time and shit yeah. anyways. 
but it was my older like siblings that were kind of like integrated within the school systems and they grew up there and they grew up in the neighborhood and they got to tell you the stories and shit like that yeah and you you know i'm sure you saw i'm sure you have your share of memories still like even from then but some but the longer a lot of it was more stories realizing this the other night it's like the longer you live it's like you have the same amount of storage in there but you have you have to fucking you get older and older and it's like you have more years to fucking condense your information it's like there's so many random memories that friends over time will be like hey you remember this night i'm like holy shit, I didn't until you literally just brought that up to me just now. <laughs> it's what's great, though, is, like, our friends and, like, a lot of the old stories just hanging out years ago, whatever the fuck, it's, like, a lot of the stuff everybody else doesn't remember, somebody else does, so it's, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there, you can always get filled in on something. Yeah. Oh, fuck, like, you know, I forgot about that. Everybody remembers there's some of the same shit. There's you're missing, shit. but someone yep. else can definitely throw it in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, man. Fuck. I can't... I'll tell you what, like, as soon as, like, last year when I turned 24, I was like, it feels like it's getting, because, like, I know that's not even the way it is, and people are getting, people are living till they're older now, mm-hmm. much older than they used to, or much longer than they used to, so it's like, you shouldn't feel like that, but at the same time, I was like, man, because, like, 23 still felt like your early 20s a little bit, and 24 is like, all right, yeah, you're in your mid-20s now. It's yeah, like, all right. Took that I, yeah, like you're like, uh oh. <laughs> I feel like everyone gives you that societal like look at it too. Like that is exactly how everyone looks yeah. at you. Because 23 really felt like, not to make that you know reference everyone else does, but the what's your age you get shit where you're fucking doing blink 182 yeah. and it's like you're 23, you're still just acting like a kid, you're fucking around, but you're not really kidding like. You're not really acting responsible. The, the second that you're 24, everyone's like, all right, this song's not cute anymore. Act, actually yeah. be a fucking adult now. In hell, when that <laughs> song came out, people in their 20s, and they were 23, probably doing a little... Like, cause it seems like it's getting... Like, as inflation everything, like, went up, and people started, like, living either with their grandparents or parents or just whoever, like, longer, because shit's fucking expensive, and it's hard to get your own place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's fucking... It's kind of like... It's like how different is a twenty-three-year-old from now compared to like when that song came out and whatever. I don't even know when, and I'm like the person that you. What was it like early two thousands? I thought it was maybe like ninety-nine or some shit. Was it really late nineties? Yeah, I don't know for sure. It was on Enema of the State or something like that. Yeah, it was on that album. album. I don't know what. I think that that album came came out in the maybe the early two thousands. We need our tech guy fucking looking this up. (laughs) Are you the tech guy? Look up the Enema of the State. We don't have that shit up. Fucking KLD would be able to tell you that shit. Isn't that one of his favorite albums? I believe so. Uh, he, I, remember, might be. I remember him he, telling me that. That's listed, a random reference for he, the podcast, but there you he go. He listed his uh, 10 most influential June 1st, albums. 1999. Ah, I got the year right! It, yeah, it's year just turned fucking 22. Uh, I can't believe I even got the right because I didn't know. But uh, How big of a Blink-182 fan are you? Me? Yeah. They're, they're pretty good. They definitely have their hits, and they've definitely made their mark yeah, in fucking history. There's definitely... I a, I uh, don't really know where I would put them, like, all the time. I mean, they're not, like, one of my top five no, or anything. I wouldn't say like I bands. know. I wouldn't even say I could tell you directly, but, like, which song goes to which album and shit. Like, I feel like no, that's no. the album that I've definitely listened to the most by them is Enema of the State, because... My I brother so. used to jam listen it to all the time. Greatest hits album. The most. <laughs> I think one the one that just has all the main. Singles. Well, the one, but it also came out early. It came out like '03. They already had a greatest greatest hits from like the '90s and so. What on. the hell they have? They're fucking. No, they first had some hits. For they had a couple albums. Like, they definitely had. They. I don't know how early it came out, but it was sometime in the mid 2000s. Like 182 or some 41. 
That's the comic. We are always talking about that. But yeah. now that I look back at the inventory, I'm like, Blink-182 just has so much more of a wealth of music. So it's hard to, like, say. That, I don't know, dude. Because I, I liked some of the songs yeah. for sure. I was like, ah, some of Sum 41 songs are... I was into Sum 41 hard as fuck They're really a while, good. though. I think I was into them more than I ever was Blink-182, to be honest. I feel honest. like I just know more about Blink than I do. That's true. They more. were, like, I felt like... I they're more mainstream, but sure. That doesn't necessarily mean they're better. Yeah. No. Never, and it's never does. Yeah, definitely. Really look does. at all the pop music. It's for damn sure not well, look at a lot of the other Hip-hop. There's so much more underground oh, shit yeah, that's yeah. fucking better than what's yeah, mainstream yeah. anymore. Yeah, mainstream's too it's involved in too much fuckery these days. Well, that's just what it always is like. They're like, oh, we're gonna find this repetitive, yeah, just like, and we're gonna like overplay the fuck out of it yeah. to where it's drilled into everybody's heads and they're all singing it all day, but they all hate it. It's I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean the actual songs. I mean the sentiment behind the songs and the messages that they're portraying are fucking more fuckery than ever before. Now, it's ninety well, percent uh, of it's just about like, hey, look at my butt. <laughs> like that's the message, basically. I feel. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Some of them are just. It's and just in countries. Couple. Hey, look at my truck. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. It's like ninety percent. Hey, look at my butt. But I that's feel like, like there's not the even genres. legit country now. It's like pop country, and everything is got affiliated with some mainstream. It's legit, but you gotta like. That's the yeah. thing. It's more underground. Like you gotta search yeah. it out. Same thing with like. It's hip- probably it's like fucking a lot better than people. The it is. There's some good country stuff. artists. And I'm not even a country still. music like fan, but I do like some songs. The country music can country be real from the soul. are still doing country the old school way. Like, they yeah. occasionally have a more poppy hit because it's like, oh, well, I, will, I gotta keep up with the times, but they're still kind of doing in the, it in the old There's some modern guys, too, that, like, have the more classic vibe. I just Kane feel like Brown, a lot man. of them. Shout out to him. Big ass fan. Kane Brown? Yeah. I love Kane Brown. He's got a beautiful voice. Chris Stapleton. I like Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton's really damn good, too. Tim, who's your favorite country artist? Modernly. One. <laughs> Johnny Cash would probably be from. Yeah, he's, he's modern. not modern. He old it. That's the old. I, I think he's going on tour this That'd year. That'd be your favorite all time, I guess. I don't even really look at a lot of his. Maybe his older music, but like certainly his like American one, two, three, four. Like what the yeah. Undertaker was affiliated yeah. with whenever he came back. All those albums do not seem country at all to me. They seem like a like a dark. Like sort of like almost gospel kind of music. I guess he's talking about God a lot, and he but he's very like you can hear that fucking grizzled old been through hell voice. Yeah, no, I talking about all this stuff. I do feel that. You know what I mean? That's it doesn't seem like walk the line and blah blah blah. You know all the fucking six. To me, Johnny's always gonna. I love I love that stuff too. That country accent that doesn't not sound like he's singing country. He but I mean whenever he made those albums later on, I mean his heart was broken. He had been through fucking drug addiction his whole life. He lost a brother when he was. It was in a lot single older, digit age, fucking. more beaten down of an individual. Yeah, and he went through some hell. Uh, but like, Johnny know. Cash looked a badass life, though, man. Yeah, he fucking did. He was definitely an icon. He was like, that's the thing. Like, the Grand Ole Opry, which is like the biggest stage you could perform on as a country artist. Yeah. Like, he was one of the biggest country artists ever, and at that, like, in his prime, he was in the Grand Ole Opry. And he was so fucked up that the Grand Ole Opry just like started fucking up his songs, and then he fucking spiked the mic stand down. He started kicking out stage lights and shit. Oh my god! And they like they banned him 
from the like one of the biggest country artists of all time got banned from like the biggest country stage of all time they didn't let him back for like fucking 20 years or something I mean if you're gonna be real that kind of is more like a rock artist actions (laughs) he's probably like the most rock style country artist there is it seems like he was a a wild fucking he was a wild he fucking even in Walk the Line the movie they showed like him just fucking shit up and getting pissed and like fucking throwing shit down yeah well I I think he had kind of a because of the just drug addictions and shit he had had that was a big part of it and all sorts of that I mean, everyone has their different issues him and demises and, and shit. Him and fucking Ray Charles have, like, a lot of similar fucking, like, parallels. Like, they both lost a brother when they were young. They both passed away within, like, a year of each other. Damn. And they both were heavily fucking drug addicted and everything else. It's like, some of the correlation is crazy because they're not anything no really alike. Charles. I can't his, say I know much about Johnny Cash really his either, movie's but I do. great, too, Ray. Yeah, Ray, that was... We watched both those. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I heard a uh, tremendous performance. Oh yeah, that was maybe his best performance. Actually, he won the Academy Award that year. A funny story from whenever I was in Full Sail, one of my teachers worked on that show or that movie, not that show, but that movie, and she never disclosed directly who it was. But apparently, there was an incident involving like, and a lot of us were assuming it was Fox, but she said for sure it wasn't Fox. So we we're kind of like, all right, who is she talking about here? But one of the like main actors in that movie like literally didn't show up to set one day and be- was like passed out from whatever the fuck they're on she didn't really disclose that either but she kind of and she didn't know really directly either obviously but it was kind of like they knew it was a mixture of things and literally had to be like set members had to go pick him up from wherever the fuck he was like carry him to the car then drive him to his hotel carry him in his hotel and like nurse him back to like health so he could be on set like that next day. She never disclosed who it was. And a lot of us, like I said, thought it was Jamie Foxx, but... I, I, I feel like so. it's not him. I don't think it was. No. Yeah. No. I feel like he's not that kind of guy. I feel like he's, yeah, he's been pretty... No. Like, I mean, I don't know, but he's... Like, he. I feel like he's got his shit mostly fucking together. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't think he'd fuck up that bad. Uh, I mean, I couldn't say he would either, and I'm I'm not even trying to, like, it's not, I don't think I'm going to trash someone's career saying this shit, but it was kind of interesting, the stuff that I heard, like, slightly behind the scenes. You heard it, he's trying to defame his character. Jimmy Fox, (laughs) not fuck you, because you're a good, you're a good (laughs) motherfucker. Wasn't that his name in, uh, what the hell is that, Bad Horrible Bosses? What was his name in that? Uh, motherfucker Jones. Motherfucker Jones, <laughs> yeah. He yeah, like, the hustle, like, came into, like, Rick Ross's hustle and shit. I wanted to her. to her. Fucking, room. when Jamie Foxx she was laying there naked. Yeah. And I reached my hand into a purse. <laughs> like, oh. When Jamie Foxx was, uh, going up for, like, stand-up comedy, like, the whole reason he took on the Jamie Foxx name anyways is because, so they would think he was a girl, so they'd put him up, you know, because they had to have... Like the girls and shit like that too. Oh really? Yeah, and so he switched his name. Hopefully, they would put him up, and they did. And so he, you know, kind of worked out well. For yeah, him. gained a little bit of fame. Anyway, probably Terrence that. Howard. Probably was. Honestly. Looking at the, I couldn't looking at the list of names. We he will never in, know for sure. Some others. He was in a lot of shit. Yeah, was he, he was in Empire he was in and big, like he was, he was a big in name fuck. For was a he while. in Big Mama's house? He was in yeah. the very first Iron Man and then missed out on oh, the entire yeah. rest of the MCU series. He was War Machine, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was originally he, War he was Machine. He was gonna be the dude. Well, I think that he also was one an actor that 
the only reason I said it was probably him, and I'm not even trying to talk shit on this guy at all either, but, like, I'm pretty sure I've heard in the past that he's... Had issues. He's, like, a wreck on set. Like, he's just an asshole yeah. a lot of times on set to people. He didn't ever look oh, like... Oh, hear stories like that all the time at Full Sail. It was the funny thing. Yeah. He didn't look like what? I was gonna say, he didn't look... He didn't give that impression off, but, I mean, he fucking... It could have been anybody else, too. Maybe it was Kerry Washington. Who One, knows? No, she said it was like the description fit Jamie Foxx that it was, but it was like there is a couple other guys that was on that set that maybe was like, all right. So it was a guy? It definitely for sure was a guy, I'm pretty Probably sure. And I think for sure it was a black guy. So I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to think of the other actors involved. Obviously, if the description she gave fit close to Jamie Foxx. I'm just sitting here like scrolling through the actors in the Who film. Who the like, fuck could this be? Trying to detective <laughs> yeah, work like, it. Oh, here you go. This was the for sure answer. Like that's ever gonna, like we're ever really gonna know or it's gonna affect anything. It's like unless fucking Shia LaBeouf or John Belushi were on this set. Yeah. I'm not really gonna know who probably was the one that had that big of a problem. Man. <laughs> it probably wasn't that big a deal anyways. No, I'm that, sure that, I'm sure, sure that's, that's pretty normal. Been known to have Oh yeah. By either. mega actors yeah. it's for sure known yeah. to happen. Oh yeah. Once they get that before he got clean like Brownie was that way all the time, yeah. dude. Oh yeah. Dude, I saw a thing that like said uh I don't know if it was accurate or not. Like, if Stan Lee, like, if Stan Lee was talking to Robert Downey Jr., or talking about him, rather, he said he was, like, he was the guy, like, made to play Iron Man. I know, I, I, mean, I like, think he, I've seen that before, but, too. You know, and that would fucking mean everything. I'm pretty sure he said that in, like, a video they were together in, even. Yeah. Which I can see it, dude. It was, like, he does a fucking glorious, is like, a wonderful job at that. Like, his his look is perfect. His style is perfect. The mm. way he just does it is... His wit yes. is just... It's delivered point. exactly like I feel like Stan Lee would have been pictured it yeah. all those years whenever he was, like, designing if, it. If not a little more character, I feel like, through Downey's... Probably brought to life a certain way. Yeah, he acts way. a certain way. He's so such it's a good like, actor. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd have to rank him as one of my favorite you actors. You ever seen Zodiac? The fucking uh, I have not actually. No, that that is fucking Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, and him. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck else is it? I am a big fan of a lot of his work though, but that's one I haven't seen. And I was a fan for a while of all the Zodiac Killer songs. It was like really like weirdly intriguing to me. It is. Like, it is. Dude. All of that shit. They never knew really for sure. Like it was that motherfucker. Yeah, they were even saying there's a possibility that that shit is still continuing. No I've way. I've seen documentaries. Dead as hell, I think bro, they, they said that he has gone it's gone through like cycles of different Zodiac killers. Actually. It might be a cult thing. They pass on it the name. It probably fucking is. Mother. Dude. I've heard so much down to like, one person. I've watched all these documentaries about it so you never know what the fuck is true but that's what people speculate. I had to stop watching all that shit though because I was watching that shit like stoned as fuck one night and then I started seeing shadows on the wall and it looked like blood (laughs) splatters and shit and I was like no dude this is fucking me up I can't do this this is like this is fucking with my I literally was scared as fuck sitting on my couch because I like looked over at the wall and was like oh fuck what is that from like (laughs) there was a murder in the living room I never noticed I'm like who died? Like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Those docs, man, are great, but they're great in, like, moderation. Yes. Because if you sit in that all day, like, for oh, days, you can't... Your mind will fucking go somewhere, man. You, you gotta, can't just lay in bed and no. go to sleep after yeah. that. If you've watched all day, like, a whole no. series, like, a whole documentary series, I literally just, like, mm. the fuck It takes you to a place. Zodiac killer shit stuff. Just because yeah. I was... And I wasn't even saying that, like, 
oh man, this guy's awesome. Like, I, but it, I was just interested by it because I was like, holy shit, that's such an and like that's such a weird scenario that this dude was like that ahead of the cops where he was like fucking with them and like he was basically gonna tell them his next victim where they're at and where they're gonna find them mm. and he would do it and they would and it was like dude that shit intrigued the fuck out of it me it probably just, definitely was a group that's the thing it probably, it was probably was, one of them honest. one of them killed that person and then they knew where the other person was gonna kill somebody so they fucking are they it was already probably about to happen so yeah. they left the note and was like, this is where you'll find your next victim. And then mm-hmm. that part, they fucking told him, hey, I, my job's done. I don't know how closely to the to each murder is spread out to like that. So Yeah. Well, they were, some of them were like fucking long And some of them were literally in broad That's daylight. That's what's a little creepy. It's Actually, like, some of the descriptions were in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. There was a one scenario where it was like a couple of a guy and a girl. And they're like at a park. And I guess the description that was given was that they were like, starting to fool around and shit in their car and this dude literally walked directly in broad daylight in the middle of his park that they were like parked at or whatever I guess and he walked directly up to their car and I guess just fucking I think like shot him or stabbed him like right on the fucking spot and just walked away basically and it was like someone I guess that was the only description that like I guess only one other person like ever saw it or something like that and like gave a very like vague description of it and the dude that they showed up that they drew of it looked so weird to me because he kind of reminded me of like Hank Hill because he had like glasses and shit and it was like what the fuck it just reminded it looked like some older just generic ass white dude to me damn it but I mean it's like yeah they had no clue it was only an artist rendering anyways he, well, like, that was the interesting thing about them making the Zodiac movie because they had to sort of set up these situations that they don't really have the story on, especially if the victims were dead. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's kind of, they had to, you know, so, I mean, like, I thought it was interesting as hell. I would be interested to see that, actually. I would be interested to see that. Yeah, it was like Downey, Gyllenhaal. um, Especially Downey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were, it was fucking good. Um, What's his name? The played Eastman. He's fucking, he's in it too. He was in The Walking Dead. But he was in like, he was in a lot of shit. Uh, he was the guy that they thought did the shit. Like, he played that guy at least. He played the supposed. Yeah, the guy at the very end. And he was creepy as he would just like stare at them too whenever they came in. And just, it would kind of give you that. Sounds you like know, that serial killer vibe. It would try to, but it would, you know, it's but it's supposed to give you that wonder guys. too. Because yeah. there were a few examples of it. That, like, we're supposed to offset it, but that's why. Like, maybe multiple people were involved. But also, I, I feel like that bastard had something to do with it. His, like, I'm pretty sure his fingerprints are found near a bunch of shit. They were, like, there was the a whole chain of things, yeah, of, of like, the guy that uh, that they thought it was. Was it based off of who they actually thought it was? Or did it they wasn't based off anybody. It was still, like, unknown I think situation. in real life they never it's, actually no, had it narrowed they never, down. They, well, they had it narrowed down to a few people, but... They don't know if it but was never crazy. anything specific. No, never, uh, never like a particular answer for sure. Yeah. There is like one guy, and I wish I could remember his name. We could look it up. Uh, that was like that. They, that's who they show at the very end of Ted Zodiac. Cruz. No, I don't think he was alive <laughs> then. But uh, but yeah, they did show one guy at the very end. That's the guy that was that who I said was fucking played Eastman and shit in The Walking Dead. But he's like he was just like staring at him and just it, it, it like it gave you that little creepy. Like, oh, it might have been him, but yeah. they still, to this day, they don't know for sure. No. And that's the fucking... That's I mean, there's not really anything tied to it nowadays. They are still looking for no. it, but 
And that's even the thing I thought was interesting is that they think some like modern murders that they found could potentially, but they don't even know for sure because there's not even like notes or anything about it, so they don't think really. But that they said that it seems like it's like a continuous cycle that it could just be like not necessarily a like reincarnation directly of like in that sense, but like this person takes it up from that person from that you know what I mean. <laughs> kind yeah. of a uh, really fucking disturbing passing of the torch type sense, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, somebody takes up the mantle, but Yeah, it's not one that you want. You know, the next person that puts on the mask, per se. The thing is, it's gotta be so hard to, like, today, with all the cameras, oh, yeah. and the, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, you can't I get feel, away with I it. I feel like it would be a lot more difficult to, like, just directly get away with being a completely mass serial killer. Um, yeah, uh, definitely like a mass murderer. Like, yeah. so because obviously murders still happen, but like one and done or yeah. a couple people, you know, whatever. And even that shit's found out sometimes, but a oh, lot of times yeah. that shit's done like sloppily just it's, in the sense of rage or Yeah, whatever, and that's know? what it is. It's, a lot of times it's like domestic abuse situations or like... There's still... Know, I guarantee there's fucking, still individuals out there with that fucking warped-ass mindset, yeah. though, that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably have... I mean, look at all the... I feel like it's weird because you don't see as much closet mass murders. I feel like the mass murders of nowadays is like those that go into fucking schools and churches or something like that and shoot that shit up. Like, yeah. it's kind it of the same thing more. in a different yeah, sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fucked up to think about, but it really is a very similar mindset. If, if probably, I would guess, it's, yeah. it's not as planned out and methodical because the police work so much better nowadays. Forensics are so much better. It's just oh, yeah. not going to happen. It's, you well, just yeah. can't do it. I don't like, think you can directly plot to, oh, I'm going to kill this guy, and then two months from that day, I'm going to kill this guy. And then I think it's there's two... And I'm not even saying, I mean, maybe someone out there is that fucking good. But I feel like in this modern society of forensic science and how like advanced stuff has got, and it's not necessarily like advanced technology but their techniques have become a lot more advanced through just practice yeah i feel like it'd be incredibly difficult to be an actual like consistently evolving serial killer like that anymore that'd be you'd have to be ahead of your fucking game for sure that'd be like some dexter level shit honestly and well there was that guy in the that we watched the documentary over the cleveland strangler dude and that was in the 2000s like But it was because oh, yeah. he lived in the projects and he was just taking people that were off the street. Like some it, places? I bet you could actually get away with that. Yeah. There is some places it was that like, are still oh. a bum-fuck-ass place that you could probably yeah. easily go become a yeah, serial killer in like the middle of Arkansas and no one would notice for the first you know, month and a half until half that damn town is gone. <laughs> well, they said the dude was like, it was insane how easily he got away with it because it was just like, the police were so bad in the projects, like they just didn't try. Yeah. That he like literally kept the victims in his house and shit until they decomposed and stuff and he'd sit them, like sit them in chairs and shit and like make it seem like they were like living around the house and apparently a girl like escaped once and jumped through a window on the t- like second story and he came out and got her but somebody like saw it so they called the police and the police came down and he was just like oh yeah i know she was she's she was mess real messed up on like on alcohol and stuff and she jumped and she was hurt but i got her back inside and i was nursing her back and stuff and she's all right and the cops are just like fucking whatever whatever, whatever dude oh, and they fucking God. left 
Like, he could have been found out so many times, but it was just like, they didn't give a fuck. Dude. They weren't trying to hang out around that area of fucking I'm city. I'm trying to make everyone that listens to this podcast label, label me as this individual, but cops will not do a fuck for you. <laughs> Period. They will go so far out of your way to try and not do something for you first. Give you every excuse of the book. And I, I'm not trying to be that individual, but they fucking, especially now that they've been given so much, like, accountability for shit oh man they try to cover their ass to the next fucking extent like cops do not help worse shit if you want a situation fixed you don't call the fucking cops <laughs> like you call if you want it depends what the fuck it is but you don't call the fucking cops if you need a situation fixed you gotta know your wolf yeah you gotta fiction. know your wolf is what you gotta know <laughs> you gotta know your fucking individual that's gonna fix that shit but that ain't gonna be 911 I'm sorry to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, but that number will not save your life. <laughs> well, there's just, there's good cops, but then there's also definitely still bad cops, and there's still cops that are fucking partners with the bad cops, and they're just like, this guy's outrageous, and they don't even try to fucking fix him. They're just like, this motherfucker. I'm not know? even and saying like, that. Like, yeah, there's corrupt cops, there's cops that aren't, there's cops that actually have true, genuine meaning. But they don't technically do the job they're listed. To do. No, that's what it yeah. comes down to. And a lot of it comes down to they just aren't even allowed to and they don't want to be burdened with like what the hell they're going to have to do if it goes to a certain level and of extent the potential, you know, issue that could fall upon them as an individual, which they should have that type of accountability, but they should also have the knowledge and the training and the fucking power behind them, behind the what should be carried with decency of their badge to follow under these grounds and these laws. Well, and, and some do. It's not like it's... Well, they do. Don't. It's, it's the fact some is, it's like the few that do the really dastardly fucking horrible things yeah. and shit like that um, make the whole fucking thing look bad just like anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? We talk about toxicity in, in places and shit like that and it's just like a little example can make everything fucking look... I can tell you from horrible. personal ass experience though unless like you are probably in a legitimate like this is a do or die situation and someone is in here with a fucking gun up to my head or like something oh no they're not gonna show up in time they're not either that they're not (laughs) but if you're in any situation you call the cops they're gonna be trying the whole time to cover their own ass before they actually can will get to the point of okay we are going to help you regardless of what your issue is they cover every single base before that of why what may be an excuse of why they cannot assist you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even saying that as like... Give us an example. <laughs> Alright, I'll give you a fucking you example. You don't even have to give a real example. I mean, just like, what do you mean when you say this that? This may or may not be a real example. Take it for whatever it's worth. But say an individual is in a universal home of living. A home that they don't even own that is owned by someone else that is out of town and that individual has that fucking place on lockdown like it's a fucking mad dog with the front doors and the back doors and every fucking door on lock guarding that shit on constant and I gotta get in there to get my shit out just so I can fucking find somewhere else to live for the fucking week while the actual homeowner isn't there and I feel threatened with my own fucking life and I call the fucking cops to, hey, like, at least give me a fucking escort so I can grab a backpack and a pair of clothes and be gone. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even fucking want confrontation. 
I just want the insurance that my ass is covered. I'm not about to walk into a situation where the mad dog guarding the house is about to hop on my ass and fucking chew me in fucking nine different pieces. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want a little bit of a shield and I want to, I basically, I'll say it, I want to make sure I'm not the individual getting in a confrontation if that came down to it. Not because I'm scared of that confrontation, but because I don't even want to be a part of that. I shouldn't have to be a part yeah. of that in that situation. I want yeah. my peace and I want to be in a comfortable, safe living situation. And literally, they went to, they will go to every fucking extent of why we could not do it and we're getting ready to actually fucking approach the doors of doing it and literally called it off at the fucking last minute, dude. It was, they will go to this full. It's ridiculous. It is. I can't even go into all the extents of this right now, but yeah. it's. It is ridiculous that they will like literally come up with excuse after excuse of oh we can't do this, and when it breaks down to what they're actually telling you, it is so much of oh we have. He legitimately compared that situation that we're in at that moment to well think about the George Floyd situation. What if this were to break down like that, and I would have to kill this individual in this situation. It's like, that's not even the same thing. I mean, like, this is an entirely different setup. Yeah. And it, they're focused so much more on a, a basis of accountability of trying to cover their own ass before they're going to help you out in your issue. Whenever, when you're calling 911, they should be there to be able to help you in your issue. That's yeah. That's that used to be the fucking sentiment. You're like, exactly. You, you call. They're like, oh, they they're like rushing in to help you. That's what you always imagine. Yes. And they're like rushing in. They got to do whatever the fuck they got to do. It's not quite that. They easy. do the it's, same it's thing not, like, in domestic violence cases though too. Instead of like coming in and taking somebody away or figuring out the situation or doing shit like that, like they just come in. They're like, what's going on here? Yeah. Oh, he's doing this. Okay. And maybe they'll take him for the night, or maybe they'll take her for the night, or whatever. They'll like they'll separate the people for like twelve hours, what? and they're like, okay, we did our job. Or they'll just simmer the situation. Like, I completely understand they simmer not wanting more. to escalate a situation. Yeah, but they legitimately told me we basically can't do anything for you, and they fucking left. And I didn't get in my house. I didn't do shit. Yeah. I was. It literally got to the point where the homeowners at that point. The, I had to fucking come two hours fucking back, already being down the road. We had to break in to our Jesus. own fucking place of residence so I could go in for a minute and a half, grab what I need, and leave again. It is that fucking ridiculous that it, like, gets to this extent of, like, you have to literally be fucking physical with it, and you're basically, you're raising the fucking escalation of the tensions at that point. You know what I mean? Would you literally have to get to the point where, like, well, fuck it. I guess they're not helping me, so I'm doing it myself. Like, all bets are off at that point. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen when you and yourself are fucking shoulder-checking through the goddamn door. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. Yeah. Literally, my dad, just to throw that out of there, fucking shoulder-checked through that goddamn door and, like, four moves and he was done he literally told me and my buddy to help him we just looked at each other like okay and before we even were in place to help him he was through the door the fucking front door padlocked like this dude's kind of a badass I'll give him his props (laughs) on that but (laughs) that's besides the point Tyler the fucking cops ain't gonna help your asses (laughs) They got all that. All of that story was just. That was the basis of it. If you forgot, 
That was the basis. <laughs> I'm not trying to use my personal life. I'm no, sure no, many I, of you have I been helped like, by me before, and occasionally they can be. Yeah, I was like... They will be little-ass bitches as far as I can go, though. I was like, I just want... Because you were, like, beating around the bush about it, I could tell, like, sort of why, but I was like, well, just describe to them a, like, a situation, what you... Only those about. that you're truly like, know me know the complete details here. Yeah. But... I gave you basically the the gist of like an exact scenario that may or may not have actually happened where these cops basically told me to fuck off if they weren't gonna help me. Like <laughs> And that's I feel like that's sad. I, that I it's can like I can see the the not as well like with everything going on and like certain cops are probably afraid to even make a move because well, yeah. because they're afraid of being they are. Take, you know, like this, or like whatever the they're fuck. They're afraid that they're going to be seen as yeah. the next target. 100%. Well, like, is, like, just for the incidents that have happened, so they know there's a lot of anger at cops already. So yeah, like, that's true. But then it's like, there has to be some sort of, you have to help out, you know, you have to do something, so it's not like, there's a lot of, well, this, what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I already, I'm not even saying any of this. No, I'm I, like, no. I have a hatred towards cops because I know plenty of people that are cops and respect to those that are in a position where they are a cop because I realize you do deal with a lot of this shit on a daily basis, but a lot of them don't really carry themselves in the manner that they... I feel like it should be similar to, like, a position of, like, military. How you see military people carry themselves of, like, they're putting their lives online and they're there to help, you know, the general basis of the citizens. Yeah, they're called upon. That's kind of, like, the police force should kind of be the generalized military of that just general town, you know what I mean? But, be people, to, but people also don't like cops for a variety of reasons. Well, yeah. Getting shit confiscated, yeah. getting pulled over, getting speeding that's tickets. The people carry a lot of personal yeah. vendetta against that, That's exactly and what I'm talking about. And I know that sounds cops, biased considering I just but, said but that that's, shit. But that's true. Because cops, like, that's 100%. When you think of the actual job description of cops, like, yeah, they're yeah. there to enforce the rules and make sure you follow the law, but they're also supposed to be a helping hand when you need them to be your helping they, hand. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it feels like somewhere along the way, a lot of cops kind of lost the helping hand. Yeah. And they're kind of just there to hand out tickets and catch kids Because they have meat. a quota and shit like that yeah. they have to meet for all this shit. And so it's kind of like they have to seek people out instead of just, just fucking controlling a situation when need be. Yeah. So it's you know like I mean? now when people see cops, instead of being like, oh, it's the cops, they're like, fuck, oh, man, this fuck, cop's man, behind me, cops. he's going to pull me over, god damn it. The second I see just any like, cop anywhere, it just makes me but feel But that also means there's probably a lot of guilty people. Well, but you just, you, nobody wants to be inconvenienced <laughs> no. in their day either. Like <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to have a, like, I will say I've talked to a few cops just generally, like, in my day, like, I'm walking in and out of a gas station as yeah, they're doing yeah. the opposite. And well, it's there's like, more positive oh, experiences than whatever. But it's like, For the most there's a handful of situations where it's like, it just makes you tense anytime you see a cop because they immediately start, like, berating your shit. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah. I'm just walking about my day. Like, get out of here. Like, I'm not even doing anything legitimately. Well, they They're know they sort to... of have the authority, so they kind of are like, I'm going to see if this person's up to something, so I'm going to see if I can make them feel scared. It's like, man, fuck you. <laughs> I feel scared though just because they're trying to play that card. I don't even like it's make, the uniform, you call it a man. guilty conscience. They're all I just call it being a paranoid ass individual of all the time something going wrong and like fuck he's gonna start saying this shit and something's gonna fucking happen over here. Like 
Well, they do also have Batman's utility belt on, yeah. so that does kind of freak you out a little more because you know they got all this shit on here that could fuck you up. That's why it makes it believable that I'll go out <laughs> in the fucking front yard and be beaten to death by ten batons. It's a lot of batons. Mm. No more, no less than what's happened before. No more, no less. Big boss man's gonna meet you out there. Oh, yeah. Well, he's gonna give you that fucking boss man slam. You see your favorite cop of all time, probably? Nah, yeah, I mean, he's probably the one that I've had. Like, yeah, yeah, the serious. I mean, like, there's individuals I know that actually work as cops, so I don't know if I can even say that, actually. And I was like, trying to think of characters in movies that were, like, badass cops. Oh, that's true. Super of. Troopers, every one of that movie is pretty fucking funny, so, you know, a lot of good cops there. Name a good cop movie. Starsky and Hutch. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Um, but, yeah, I need to fucking... Couldn't Jay and Silent Bob, like, in a weird way, be a cop movie? Because Will Ferrell plays a cop in it. He's a he's cop. He's a federal wildlife movie. Oh, that's true. He's not really a cop, yeah. I guess. That's fair. Federal wildlife man? Mar- uh, Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. He was so weird in that movie. I it love, was funny. I it was early. It was early. Feral. It was like oh one. That was like the SNL days. Still kind of. Yeah. Uh, the Bad Boys. Yeah, it was probably. I was. Yeah, I was gonna say. Is that a cop movie? movie? Bad Boys. Is? Yeah, they're they're detectives. I don't know what. I don't know what my favorites would be, but those are pretty damn good. Yeah, those are damn good ones. Super Troopers. Hell yeah. I guess a lot of the uh, any day I'm over a comedy. Or I know I gotta be missing a fuckload. Right a lot now. of the, the horror guys. movies are technically sort of cop movie. Like all the saws have an investigation going on and shit. Like yeah. isn't the other guys a cop movie? Yeah, fucking look um, over at the shelf and let's be cops is a cop movie. That's it's a Twenty One Jump cow, Street. That's a, that's a cop movie. Twenty One Jump Street's a good one. Um, fuck. I just had it and you made me... Hot Fuzz! No, True Detective. That was one of the best fucking shows of all time. Yeah, that was a damn good one. That was some good shit, man. Season one. With McConaughey, was that the one that... McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. That was some of the best acting of all fucking time, dude. By both of those guys. That was some pretty good acting. Remember that scene that was fucking like one long fucking go? Monologue. No, like the the fucking the dolly. Oh, one whole take, yeah. One, well, it was one whole take, but yeah, it was just like I was trying to think of the name of the thing. The whole they were like dolly, dolly. Yeah. Uh, but fucking, it was so long and like it had to go perfect for it to. Yeah. It's fucking. It's, you think they got that in one take? I mean, uh, if it was one shot, right? If they were doing one long continuous. That doesn't mean that they necessarily. No, they, they can edit. Only I feel like they probably. But honestly, I feel like they might have because it wasn't like too ridiculously long. But I feel like a show like that had you some never really know fucking. That. You could have done a thousand, like you could have yeah. done a hundred takes of the same thing and just picked out the best cut of it. I feel like most things, especially modernly, typically do that. Multiple takes. They're going to take oh, quite yeah, a few yeah, takes. Yeah. Sitting in a oh, but like the moment is not like that be cut before, off. I will say yeah, the you. fucking scenes are gonna play out before they cut it. But they I feel like you're gonna get your most through. genuine yeah. take yeah. most of the time, the first time. Occasionally, though, you can only take something one time, actually. And yeah. the, the first time that you shoot it is like that's done. It's done. It, 
once it's one and done, it's like you because of a certain prop or something like that that you're using. Yeah, it's like you can't even do it more than once. So occasionally it is an initial take, or like their first take will just be the best take. Like with Breaking Bad, whenever uh, Brian Cran- Cranston just throws the fucking pizza onto the fucking roof of that first take, ah! just immediately <laughs> like he gets it in one take. How would you not take that? Like, you're like well, that's perfect cut. Day done. Yeah. done right there. Like, Unbelievable. You know, but I'm sure with most scenes, they at least film it a few times to kind of have a variety. Yeah. What is scene? Fuck it, they did like 57 of that shit. Oh, what a disaster artist. Yeah. He's like, just, he did that with a lot of things, though. He just kept doing them. He's like, man, uh, this story doesn't make any sense anyways. Let's just film this shit. It's fine. It's going to be a terrible movie. The budget couldn't save that movie. I can't say I've actually seen that movie, but I do know that. The Disaster Artist was a damn movie. random ass quote that has always, like, made memes and shit out of what's he saying it, where he's like, you tear me apart, or whatever the fuck. You tear yeah. me apart, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, the only thing I think I've seen of that. And I have heard you guys, like, talk about uh, the movie that's, like, isn't it Franco that's in it, where he's, like, portraying yeah. him, actually, the, like, making it of all that. Yeah, it is interesting because fucking whenever Tommy like directed it, he was you know acting in it and stuff, and Franco directed and acted in it too. Like did the same thing about the thing. That's kind of weird. The room. Yeah, we watched the room, but I, it was, was it, it was a rough one to watch. Was it was it? rough. That's not good. <laughs> you want to it's, recommend? There's it? no way around it. Give it a That's rating. That's the thing. It's a cult classic five. for being so bad. That's get, like, but give it a ranking one through five if you were like a film critic ranking it based on story, performance, all these things that like you would generally rank a movie. Probably on. one. A Honestly. one easily? Probably. Oh wow. You yeah. give it like a fucking point seven five. Legitimately? <laughs> oh my god. It was, that does not sound no, like No, there was the story made zero sense. The acting was real bad. Why do you even want to watch it? And then basically the same scene, like, almost verbatim happened, like, at one point, like, the same sex scene. Oh, yeah. Like, they used, like, the same cut or something. No, it was, like, it was, like, they're at one part in the movie, it was, like, the main couple in the movie. They're, like, oh, let's go upstairs. And they had, like, this fucking real, like, ridiculously 90s cheesy-ass, like, passionate looking love scene or whatever where they like cut the difference oh here's his back oh here's a side breast shot all this bullshit and then like fucking later on in the movie they're like shit gets heated again and they go upstairs it's the same scene what? You're like, yeah. what the fuck? It was, yeah. I've seen it's, movies like it's that. the same scene. I remember at my early years of uh, college, we one of my classes was literally history of film. So like all month long, we literally were just watching like different, like kind of like there. I, we saw some good movies and they would definitely watch some like classics in there and shit. And that that class actually showed me too a lot of new movies that I did become a fan of. But we also watched some kind of weird movies because we watched kind of like just the general phase of movies and shit and one of the points that we touched on through the class was like the French film revolution because I guess there was apparently a big take on that and everything and I don't remember what their significance was but they kind of changed the game with whatever they did but one of the movies that we watched was like I think like a 70 or 80 circa movie and legitimately one of it had all these weird just weirdly so like oddly almost home video style editing of to a way of it was where it was like 
the audio would be off sometimes, but the our teacher was telling us it was literally done for like purpose to make the movie sometimes like off in that kind of weird way. It was like adding different styles to it. And we legitimately watched one scene that was like probably a quality like ten minute scene where it even like changed setting and they different like the individuals were like had this whole conversation and they showed the whole sequence of it twice. <laughs> It was like, what the fuck? And this, it had this whole weird, like, flip back thing. And it was like, I didn't even get what the hell was going on. And the movie, like, I couldn't even tell you. I wish I could remember the name of it, but we watched so many movies during that time. And I'm sure it was something, like, weird in French anyway. So I don't even know what the hell, you know. It didn't really, it actually didn't speak in French a lot, but it did have some French dialogue in it. And I think we might have even had a converted version. I don't know, but... Yeah, we had some fucking weird-ass shit. There, that was definitely, like... I don't understand why that happens in movies sometimes where the editing is, like... Don't you... Wouldn't you think ahead of time that it'd be weird as fuck as a viewer to have the same thing verbatim, word-for-word, word, exact pose, exact scene, just replayed? Yeah. How weird would that be? And, like, I understand, yeah, they do that with, like, flashbacks. That kind of makes sense occasionally when you're just showing, like, a minor part. Or something gets caught in, like, a glitch yeah. so it shows the same yeah. thing playing yeah. over and but over. But, like, to not even really sh- present it in that style. Yeah, and it's yeah. literally just the same thing, word for, or I've even seen that where, like, minor things where an actor or someone just says like one where like oh no or something like that and that reaction is just replayed later <laughs> oh like, yeah it's what terrible. the hell like you guys had such a shitty budget that you just had to reuse your own like reaction video it's like what why didn't you just shoot another fucking clip of you saying this or just another person or another style of them to say it like <laughs> There's no way I, I could literally we could have the same exact conversation right here recorded and everything if we're like showing physically what we're saying mm-hmm. and we could come back here tomorrow or even you know as soon as we're finished just exactly record the same thing or you know say the same exact lines it's not gonna look the same way regardless we're not gonna be presenting it in the same way saying the same way moving the same way so to literally be so lazy with that to take an <laughs> editing of a fucking movie where you're like yep just. Play it again, it's good enough. Like, what? That's not how life works. That looks so fucking lazy. It just makes it... How awkward does that constantly make it feel when it does that? Yeah. I hate that whenever I... And I've seen that in pretty high-budget movies, though. I have, too, yeah. Where you see, like, something where... It, it could be a minor few seconds. But you're like... I know that's the same. Like, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Butterfly Effect. Remember that scene where his mom's in the fucking doctor's office, and they show her, and she like, she like cries, oh, and then yeah. like they fucking carry on the conversation a little, and they show her cry again. It's the same the fucking same cry. Thing, yeah. Literally, I think it's like <laughs> she has her reaction of like cried, and then Kutcher says like it, like he says this uh, line, she does the cry, he says the same line, and in the same like, I literally looks like they went back. To what she said, like the same exact <laughs> motion and sound and everything, like so, like the what? same scene, just the fucking the, yeah. I remember pointing that out to you cut. and Corey when yeah. we watched it. I was like, "That's the only part of this movie that pissed it me off." It feels awkward. Dude. <laughs> it I do think I meant maybe remember that now that you bring it up. It always feels awkward to me. You ready? You uh, I was gonna say we're about an hour in. Are we? Yep. Take All a right, break here. Take a little break. Take our break. Come back break. with the good, the bad, and the shit. Oh, I'm ready to shit all over it. <laughs> oh, fuck. We're going to throw this ad in here where Tim really recommends it. 
He really would. I really <laughs> fucking would. And I'm gonna take take a fat ass piss. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are now ready. Are you ready, Tyler Stevens, for the good, the bad, and the shits? Oh, Tyler Stevens has been ready for the good and the bad and the shits since <laughs> the moment I heard through my radio waves that segment introduced. Every single day I listen to this podcast in my car and like talk along with these segments, so I'm, I, I'm honored to finally be able to be part of one. I'm excited to see what's in store. All right. Pretty... This time, too, since we kind of know you, it's like, it's easier to sort of specify the topics with stuff that we know will True. cause good conversation. I don't think anyone really knows me quite as well as you guys do. We've been through the fucking shit and sit together, you know, so the shit and the shit together. We really yeah. have. The shit and the double shit. We have the good, the bad, and, and the, the shit. The Owen Hart DVD was the shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the shit. That was the shit. No, that's what Brad fucking said. He wasn't a good guy. He was a motherfucker. <laughs> he, was, he was not a good guy. He was a motherfucker, man. <laughs> and then I brought that shit back for the nice guy promo. Yeah. Oh, man. I think he was actually a little upset about that when I said that, though. He seemed like he was a little sad. I called him a motherfucker. He's a motherfucker. You're trying to get heat? Hey, I thought I did a good job. Yeah. You want to go first? All right, somebody shit on me already. Mm. Yeah, I'll go first. That's a good or the bad shit, you know. All right. Started off strongly. Ooh. With Bigly. Many corn dogs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Overrated, <laughs> underrated, or fair? Because, I mean... Do you know my opinion of many corn dogs? Do they get their due? Because, I mean... Regular corn, <laughs> regular corn dogs kind of outshadow mini corn dogs still, but there's the stick and regular corn dogs that kind of get in the way. So the great yeah. debate. Are mini corn dogs legitimately a thing that everyone knows about, or was that just some weird-ass fucking thing that our school tried to pass off as actual lunch to us? You can probably sure get mini corn dogs. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> All right, there's a thing. like... <laughs> There's some mini corn dogs that are like, and I don't even know if you'd count them as the mini corn dogs, but like, I guess in a way, those like little hot dogs that are like wrapped in the shit, those aren't bad. But those are like weenies more though. Yeah, that's kind of over. Weenies. Like the bacon wrapped weenies. I am not seen rat race. No? No. What's his name? That fucking goofy motherfucker. He was in uh, a lot of stuff. John Lovitz? Oh, (laughs) is that that what? No. Uh, Bean? Yeah. If I had to say mini corn dogs, see the first thing you told me, and I immediately thought back to those schoolyard years of like, just like a few just mm, questionable ass little hot dogs placed in a little <laughs> fucking bowl or whatever the hell it was. Nah, dude, I was never a fan. Even like big corn dogs, I was never really a big fan of. So the mini corn dogs. I had them a few times, and they always just kind of made me feel disgusted a little bit to eat them. I honestly did. I was not a fan of them. So, He's not a hot dog guy? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm over the moon about it, but like occasionally I am in the mood for a hot dog, but I am specific as shit on that, too. And like Some hot dogs can be way better than others. You go to the ballpark. Oh, they yeah. Have some quality hot dogs. And they're there. cheap, dude. They are. That's the thing. They're the dude. Hunter hot dogs. But the but condiments are expensive. The condiments are expensive. I fucking just think about, like, we were in Florida. Like, I was, I was just warm up. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
I think it was part of that experience that made me hate hot dogs, honestly. Because he would microwave dude, they, a hot oh, dog dude, it was to bad. death. To literally death. Dude, no. Until like, the entire park We were broke as piss like, down uh, there. It, I mean, I get it. They were cheap as fuck. And you could definitely eat. And I ate a few of them, too. But, like, yeah. man... The way no, no, you, no. The way you I ate them. If I had gone back, I totally would have cooked him any other fucking way. You microwave that shit, though, yeah, to bad. death, and it made the apartment smell like a giant <laughs> hot dog fart, dude. And whenever, <laughs> whenever you break that shit out of the microwave, after literally, like, receiving direct radiation for, like, three minutes and just be cooked to fuck, it literally looked like a severed-ass finger. <laughs> like, that shit was Fuck, dude. It just, I'm like, the seven post- dog dick. He kept saying a finger. I was like, stop saying that. <laughs> the memory of I that thought. shriveled that, up and shit. Yeah, dude. The memory of that thought and that scent, it kind of horrifies me <laughs> because it breaks you. It's like, oh my god, nasty, bro. I literally still do not like hot dogs. Like, that experience kind of made me dislike hot dogs. I did. You kind of did, but it wasn't really your fault. Like, they were just not good hot dogs. You should have boiled that shit, man. No, any other way... Dude, I make them in the air fryer now, and they're fucking, like... They're not bad, though. They taste pretty good, yeah. They're not too bad. Like, honestly, a ballpark dog is fucking... They're good. That's the best way to have a hot dog, really. The ballpark? Yeah, off the grill. Like, when my dad grilled on occasion in the summer? Oh, yeah. Your dad's pretty good at grilling, though. And some hot dogs are good as fuck on the grill. I love grilling, too. And if it's a good quality hot dog, it'll come out perfect on the grill. And every like occasionally, I do yeah. it. Oh well, yeah, and I do have a craving for a hot dog like every once in a while. But it's definitely not something like like you know I'll eat it and then I'll be like, all right, I got my fix, and I don't really need one for like the next six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty good to go without a hot dog pretty frequently. Yeah. Although you take them, you chop the fuck out of them, and you put them in some mac and cheese, call it the Trailer Park Special. Man, I'd eat the fuck out of that in the day. Like, mm-hmm. woo, hot dogs and mac and cheese. I don't know why that's so good, but that's some good shit. Now that we're far off topic, but I'm gonna say mini yeah. corn dogs. I'm gonna say fair. Fair. I'm gonna give it the old fair. I'll give it overrated just because personally I'm not a fan of them. I realize people are. I know a lot of people hate the fuck out of them and shit. I know even like my sister is a big fan of like corn dogs and stuff, but no, I never really. For me, I never acquired that flavor. I don't think. I eat quite a few corn dogs here just because they're cheap as hell to get a box like the state fair ones if I can find them. Those are good occasionally. See, it's kind of the same thing. Like, once in a rare moon, I have the weirdest craving that I'm like, I kind of want a corn dog. And then I'll eat it, and then I'm like, I remember why I don't eat them very often because it's like, it kind of met that craving, but at the same time, it kind of still met that old, like, thought that I had of it that I was like, this isn't as good as I remember it being. So yeah. then I'm like, all right, I'll wait until I, I forget what it tastes like again until I want one. Man, there's so many of those snacks, though, that as a little kid, you're like, man, this is the shit. Oh, yeah. And then you, like, try it when you get older, and you're like, what the fuck happened? Fucking. Like, that was cosmic brownies for me. What were those, um, like, microwave dinners that they had specific for kids? Oh, kid cuisine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I remember I loved oh, those yeah, things yeah. with the kids. And those things, now that I've eaten them, like, I haven't eaten one in probably a long-ass time now, but I did eat one, like, within somewhat more recent years, like, as an adult. 
Man, those things are nasty. Of course. Oh my god, they're made so gross. Like TV they seem so low quality. I we made them for like Jocelyn one time, and I ate like a little bit of hers because she just didn't want it. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll eat it. Ugh, I can get why she didn't want it. Tea dinners. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're meant to just be cheap garbage. They were too, mm. dude. TV dinner. I don't know why though, but as a kid, like you get it with the fucking shaped nuggets and the mac and cheese and a little brownie. That shit felt elite, but you yeah, get that you're shit like, now, you're like, I you feel everything. disgusting just eating that shit. Well, cause you know, it's just, it's got, it's the cheapest, most disgusting food. You know that that was like cheap as fuck to make yeah. and it was mass produced and it's been in that plastic for who knows how long. It's well, just like, yeah. it's garbage. It got heated in that plastic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That was that shit I was telling you from like the Rogan podcast. How she was saying... I like that lady was uh, saying, like, everything with the plastic top or something like that, it's fucking got some amount of, I don't know, some sort of fucking thing that, like, affects sperm count and everything. Oh, it's yeah. fucking great. I'm like, and it's, like, gone down and down and down and shit like that. Oh, it kills That's brain cells, miles. sperm count, all that shit. Probably. Um, I will uh, throw mine out there if I'm throwing around. Ready? Yeah, boy. All right, I think we were just talking about um, some of these. Uh, dill pickle chips, like the fucking ones, like you know, you fork out with the fucking fork. Uh, like the actual pickles. Oh yeah. Like the pickle, the pickle chips you would put on like a sandwich, put like a couple of you know, a few of them on there. Like any flavor. The ones that fucking bubble bass fucking hit under his tongue. Any flavor of them, like original dill or like yeah, bread and butter. Yeah, really, like just well, okay, well I guess dill would be it. Yeah. Either way, I I will say I like them because I'm a big fan of pickles. Yeah. Honestly, I'll eat a motherfucking pickle <laughs> any way you give it to me. Give it to me whole, give it to me sliced, give it to me chipped, give it to me one way or another. They're really good, like whole pickles. Especially yeah. within nowadays, I've definitely acquired that taste for pickles. Like, oh, those mini dills are out of the jar. Oh, they're so, so yeah, fucking good. good. Those are good as fuck. Those <laughs> tiny pickles? Yeah. I like um, the bread and butter style of those, actually. I like oh, the dill yeah. because oh, dill man. is a classic flavor, and I just kind of, you know, you eat a pickle, and that's kind of what you think. Mm. But those bread and butter are a nice take on those, too, because those are sweet, dude. Those are, like, those taste like candy, kind of, in a way. Like, mm, I'll fucking eat the shit out of these pickles. Pickles are good for you. Buy me a jar of pickles, yeah. and I'll fucking slap that shit down in the day. Ridged pickle slices, though, bread and butter is so good. Like, they're just, like, the little slices of them. Like, out of the jar, they are so good. But dill is what you think of most of the time when you think yeah, of yeah. eating a pickle. I mean, like, like, the other ones, too. I was gonna say, like, those corn dogs, though, fucking, aren't they, like, wrapped in, like, the breading is, like, wrapped in honey or something like that? It's, like, or it's, like, honey-flavored, right? The breading's, like, a pancake mix. Or, yeah, it's But it's, like... like um, but anyway, yeah, the dill pickle thing. That's what I was gonna say, because that's pretty good, like, that they flavored eggs, you know, some extra shit. I will say though, I mean, a lot of the uh, things, though. the fat ass fucking big ass pickles that are like hot Tijuana Mama and shit like out of the bags. I don't like those at all. You know I can't say I for sure I've had those. Mine gotta be fucking cold, man. Too like I don't know about out of the bag. Yeah, like, like you mean the ones like you the, just pick up the ones like from the gas station yeah, you can get them from concession oh, okay, stands okay. occasionally where they're like the big ass full pickle out of the bag. You know, I did I've had some good ones from concession stands, though. Not like that, though. I was not always a fan yeah. of pickles. And there was a time they kind of disgusted me a little bit. And I remember we went to Team Service one time with Riley. Shout out to her. 
and she got one of those fat ass pickles and was yeah. eating that shit. I was like, oh my god, that's so gross. I can't believe you're just. It's eating a that. lot of pickles, dude. That's sure. thick pickles, so fucking yeah. fat. It was like dude. a full yeah. cucumber, pretty much. Now, granted, nowadays I'd probably fucking eat the fuck out of a pickle that damn big, <laughs> but I I don't think I've had those in the bag, so. Parsley, I can't say one way or another if I like those. They're not good. But any other pickle I've had, I generally like them. Yeah. Now, oh yeah, they're mostly pretty good. I do like pickles, and you would think those chip cut ones that you were talking about would be like the kind you would directly put on like sandwiches and shit because they do most like fast food places. You I just eat out of the jar. I well, Damn. I do too because I fucking hate pickles on a sandwich. That shit makes that shit soggy and gross, and I don't like that. Really? I love not pickles. anything chicken sandwiches. Not even on that, dude. I'll order it off of it because, to me, I don't like that flavor on there. I do like pickles, and I'll even order them on the side. Mm. But to me, it makes the bread, like, soak mm. up the pickle juice. Yeah. And then it tastes too much like pickle. Yep. Yeah. It's, like, the most powerful flavor. And if I'm eating a chicken sandwich, I want to taste the damn chicken sandwich. Like, yeah. you know, I don't want a pickle sandwich. Like <laughs> Popeye's has it down, though, to be honest with you. Because the Man. pickles, they're fucking... They're they're excellent. I ain't about to start on another something. rant about things, but Popeyes wasn't worth that hype, man. People were getting what killed. I'm not getting getting killed over that. Shit. Oh I'm yeah, sailing. that that was ridiculous. Well, it's never gonna be. Listen, if people are out there dying in the lobby, yeah, it's never gonna live up to that hype. I can <laughs> I can promise you that anybody dying over a damn chicken sandwich, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I can oh, tell yeah. you that. Lady at Sport Lips was saying that. She's like, you can believe people have died over some fucking chicken sandwich? Yeah, <laughs> I It's like, what? <laughs> I, it's, I was like, I'm curious to try it, but I ain't fucking gonna get trampled for it. I didn't have it till like, they had it for six months. I know, I had it way later, too. Yeah, you're a serious fucking fiend. I was for your chicken sandwich so you're gonna catch so, somebody in a lobby. And I was kind of let down by the fact of it. I was like, damn, like... That you was can't. what all the hype was for. Yeah. And I've had so much better chicken sandwich, like spicy chicken sandwiches that are like, they have a good, the chicken is quality meat, they offer like good, you know, toppings and shit on the sandwich and it's like prepared in such a nice way that it's like, it's like, this is a spicy chicken sandwich and every word of yeah. that is what you would expect of it. That, that sandwich... To me, at least, it didn't live up to par compared, especially what. I, and I'm not even saying like, oh, I am an elitist of chicken sandwich. I go out there and sample every fucking one of them and all that shit. But <laughs> I was let down by it. Who's got the chicken sandwich for you? Out of like fast food places, I'd almost have to honestly just give it back to like Wendy's does it good, and I feel like. Um, Chick-fil-A, honestly, has a pretty good spicy chicken sandwich. They get some fucking damn good waffle fries, that's for sure. Yeah. One of the only places to do it. Though I don't always feel the most morally right when I go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make you feel a little fucked up sometimes. I don't eat there that often, but like I'll have it occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, they are good as fuck. I won't say I don't go there. They're not they my favorite chicken place. You, you and, I was going to say, yeah, it's like you definitely went there in Florida quite a bit. Oh, I love Chick-fil-A. They're tasty, but I kind of once... And I, Wendy's. You had one right in full sale. Hell yeah, dude. All that shit was right there. They kind Fork. of intentionally set that up to where like every college kid was about to be fat as fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Dude, Wendy's is good though. We like like Wendy's and Arby's. I think are pretty good because they're not too. Never in my life did I eat more fast food than because I literally every day was like eating it for free because I was giving both the Joes fucking free rides everywhere and mm. the other Joe was like he was like well if you give me rides I'll pay for your food so I literally was like getting a free pass everywhere we went to eat as long as I was the one driving which like. I was kind of obviously going to be the one driving when no one else even had a car. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um. Pickle chips. Yeah. Underrated. Because they're that damn good. They are. So we're talking just the little slices of pickles. Yeah. They're like ones that I was talking about, like, pull out a <sighs> fork or put them on the sandwiches or whatever. I mean, I can't, I don't even know if I can say they're underrated because they're fucking thrown on every burger in every fast food place around the country. At that point, doesn't mean everybody loves them, though. No, like, a lot of people ask for pickles off their sandwich. I like them, but I, I kind of agree with person. you. Yeah. Like, I like pickles more like eating a small pickle out of a jar yeah. than I do getting the slices on a sandwich. That, yeah. I don't like. And that part, it is kind of overrated because everywhere does do that. You get on burgers, you get on chicken sandwiches, you get it like kind of just thrown in randomly. It looks pretty. It's just one of the things. It's tomato. It's lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle. It's always that. They are all different colors. It makes the same. We talked about this, the sandwich artistry and shit like that in commercials. Mm -hmm. How they have to make them look like that. So it's like, oh, let's throw this on there, this on there. It just looks nice. And it looks big, it looks nice. Looks way fucking fuller than whenever you actually get the sandwich. But then every time you eat it, it's nothing like that. No. The lettuce it's sloppy, tastes it's like fucked. shit. <laughs> the fucking tomato cut all weird and fucking shoots out the back of your sandwich the second that you bite into it. And yeah, you gotta sometimes you get you get like a fucking soggy end piece of the tomato or oh, something yeah. that just or ruins like it. The part that literally looks like a butthole. Some, yeah, they so put it's it right like on it. It's like, why? It's the, cut that tiny sliver off, throw that away, and give me the the dignity of giving me a good-looking piece of tomato yeah. here. Like, shit, man. I feel disrespected. <laughs> They're trying to make your dime. They are, man. And they did. And they they made my dime and gave me an asshole for it. <laughs> a tomato asshole. I didn't make you yeah. any bad sandwiches at Arby's, though. You never did. No, you were a pretty good fucking... I will give... Hey, anyone, if Tim ever goes to work back at Arby's again, <laughs> hit him up all the time because A, he loves making noodles. shit for you, and B, he's basically the best Arby's maker there is. Like, when he was on that line, Me and Hector, the tag Tim team champions. Whoop, 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 fucking whooped that shit up and had that shit out there, like, probably less than a minute most of the time. I'll give you your credit on that. You were quick. And yeah. you and Hector on there was pretty good, too. If he's listening, fucking shout out to him. He should listen to this episode. I'm going to fucking definitely market it. Oh, yeah. Geared towards him, too, to make sure he does. Fucking the Arby's Tag Team Champions of the World. <laughs> no, we never lost those belts. You guys still have those belts. No, You're still undefeated. Fucking have. I've made a sandwich. You don't even work eaters. there and you still have them. <laughs> they went straight to CM Punk AWOL style with them by now. <laughs> Just took the belts. Hell, fucking Hector did like an NWO switch and went to like Olive Garden with the belts. <laughs> what do you say for dill pickle chips? Underrated. I'm gonna say they're slightly overrated. Ooh. Just because the simple fact that they're always tossed on everything. And that the, be that being yeah. said, I do still like pickles, yeah. but I like them more out of a jar than I like the, like the slices on. 
fucking sandwiches and burgers. I'll agree with you on that. On the still dig, deal, as far as chips. like from a fast food standpoint or like just preparing food standpoint, it is I feel like it's lazy and it's overrated to put pickles on everything. I shouldn't have to order pickles off of things that randomly shouldn't have pickles. You know what I mean? It doesn't but take money away whenever you order Generally, off. my senses on take those pickles by themselves, my senses on those is underrated because I will munch a pickle all day. Like, I put me on a straight pickle diet and I'm down. Wasn't it you that brought that up <laughs> about uh, how, like, whenever you don't order, whenever you order stuff off, it doesn't take money off the sandwich, but, like, whenever you add stuff on. That's kind of ridiculous, don't you think? It's kind of funny because they're like, oh, well, no, it comes with the tomato. It comes with all this. It's like, yeah. the tomato is fucking awkward most of the time when it's out of sandwich anyway. It makes it kind of more difficult for those that are, like, preparing that shit. Oh, excuse me. The shit that, like, you know, I've done that before, too, making pizzas, and it's like, someone orders, like, oh, I want a Supreme. But then you, sometimes you even miss that little side note where it's like, this is what it is, but it's minus just this one random detail. And you've been making this pizza all day or you've been making this sandwich all day that randomly one person's like, but I don't want onions. Sometimes you forget that shit. It kind of does fuck you oh, up. Oh, dude, I do it all the time. Yeah. Occasionally I may have, you know, fucked up a buffalo chicken slider. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Oh, fucked it up. So, <laughs> so the second you told me what it was, I knew that that was, shit was intentional. <laughs> The fucking yeah. Tim Jacobs Arby special, the fucking buffalo chicken slider, and the orange cream milkshake. I thought it was the it was the meatball sub. That's what it was. Nah, I mean you could throw that in there too, but oh. you're fucking crazy about that slider. Dude, once we got the buffalo sauce and the fucking brown sugar bacon, I would always dip that shit in there and just fucking munch on it. Oh man, I love that fucking oh, big Hawaiian sandwich you guys had. I would always just hate so damn Arby's. Good, I took home all that so shit. I don't all even the go time. there anymore, but I. I used to smack at Arby's. It's fucking good. Yeah. We used to fucking live off a lot of that fucking We did, honestly. Lily, I remember when you got fucking hit and, like, went to the hospital and you weren't there for a while. Lily, uh, Corey, that you used to work with, kept, she was bringing us stuff for a while, too, because she yeah. knew that we were kind of like, that's all that we were eating for a while. And it's not, like, all. Like, we weren't strictly having a diet of, like, you know, Arby's food, but that shit did help us out a lot, because you guys brought home a shit ton of chicken strips, a shit ton of, like, chicken patties, a shit ton oh, of, like, yeah. mozzarella sticks. Oh, like, man. A, a lot of the stuff that was, like, left over the night, we would, like, cut it up and turn it into other shit, or just, like, eat the fuck out of them. Like, dude, we were some starving-ass, broke-ass college kids. Like, always shop we were chicken. fortunate as fuck to get by with that shit. Oh, like, I was happy to have that. It was, like, dope. Whenever you're living through it, you don't even really... You just see, like, living on your own and, like, yeah, it's kind of rough, but, like, you don't even really have it into perspective yet and shit. No. It's the best part of working for food places is yeah, you dude. get to take home food a lot oh, of time. Man. Never in my life was I more of a fat kid whenever I'd be grubbing at Pizza Hut and, like, I would literally, like, there'd be a pizza that they would want to throw away and I would, like, hide it all day until my shift was over and fucking, like, take it at the end of the night and be like, and it'd be, like, a big-ass pizza or some of that, like, a stuffed crust or some of that, like, where'd that go? I'd be like, oh, no, I took that shit out to the freezer, man. We have that shit set up. I got it. Don't worry. I got that shit marked and everything. Oh, thanks, Tyler. I'd be snacking on that shit as soon as I get home. <laughs> fucking heat it up, back in the oven, munching the fuck out of that shit all day. Dude, there's some good pizzas, though. They get left or don't get picked oh, up yeah, or man. shit like that. Get messed up. Thank you to all you fucking slackers that order pizza and just leave it there and yeah. don't do shit. Like, well, pizza's a pretty big fuck up because they're pretty big. 
Yeah. Oh, oh that like, calls like, just a sandwich is like a little different. Those that I worked for were not happy, but those yeah. like myself that received that food, they were pretty happy about that. It does bum me out though when you're like kind of like, alright, I'm ready to get the fuck out of the store, I'm going to delivery. Yeah. And like the and pizza comes canceled. out of the oven and it's wrong as hell. Oh, and it's man. for your delivery. You're How like, God you, damn it. That would delay the fuck out of you and that would piss me off, dude, so many times. <laughs> and you were the one that was taking the shit into that too because you'd have to wait on that order then and then you weren't making tips, you weren't out on the road, you were waiting on this one fucking order that the cook would be like the one that's fucking you out of your money too and you're making money on the clock but you're not making the tips you know you're not making great money on the clock you're kind of relying on your tips mainly man I loved those tips that's the biggest thing that I don't that I've been like sad since I left that place was like oh man that and it wasn't even a big paycheck every night but I guarantee you every single night I left there with at least $20 cash in my pocket and that was at least enough to pay for my gas tank you know what I mean like that shit was reliable. Like, I loved having that pretty well because it was like, you needed cash on hand. I was like my own personal bank for a while. My parents would be coming to me. Hey, you got $20? I need some cash. Like, mm. hey, all right, I'll hook you guys up. Like, it's my parents. Of course, I don't mind giving, loaning them and shit. Yeah. All right, let's not get so fucking far off track here. We got some more <laughs> fucking good, bad shit to talk about. Yep. But that was some fun shit. Yeah, I did have a good time. You're always prepared to go to a strip club if you're a delivery driver because you have cash on hand constantly. I got asked that a few times actually when I went places by people that thought I was a stripper. (laughs) Yeah. My second one, I kind of think I already know your answer because this is sort of like one of our fucking movies, but a lot of people think it's dumb. Oh god. No pun intended. Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, man. Anyone that doesn't like that movie, fuck you! No, I'm just kidding. But I do like that movie. That is a good movie. I mean, anyone that doesn't like that movie, I get it. Some people are just are like, that's a stupid level of it's comedy. It's very slapstick, yeah. I can get that. Yeah. Cool. kind of shit. That's straight down my alley, dude. Oh, Those I loved stupid it. stupid ass shit like that will have me rolling down the hill for fucking days laughing at it. And it's, I, call me immature, call me what you want. I think it's just because... Man, I, I laugh at all sorts of shit. I'll laugh at simple ass shit like that, but yeah. I'll laugh at, I don't know, just the most ridiculous ass things. Like, yeah. Yeah. my girlfriend tells me all the time, she's like, the stuff that makes you laugh is so stupid to me sometimes. It's like, but that shit's hilarious to yeah. me, dude. Like, oh my God, Dumb and Dumber, I'm going to give it underrated, and that one I can be, <laughs> I can feel sincere in that because a lot of people do hate on that dude I've heard I remember when we went to the movie theater to see Dumb and Dumber 2 and that one gets a lot more hate even Oh, and everyone that we went with was so fucking bored they were so dumb with it they were like ready to go Elijah and I were like dying in the fucking theaters like high fiving and shit in that movie crying at that movie like oh my god this shit was legendary <laughs> I think it's I think it deserves a little more praise than what it gets. I think people hate on it, and it's like, it's silly, but it, and you think about it, it's like it's kind of done in a clever way, and it's still it's, funny. Yeah, it's it's so legendary because it's like, it's literally meant to be that, like, that kind of movie. Like, yes. it's meant to be the dumb humor movie. That's, it, like, what it is. Yeah. It's the elite dumb humor movie. I thought it was done brilliantly to me. Yeah. And it's still it's, it's still sentimental at times. It has emotion to it, but it like it had a story to it. It's, it's still so, had shit to it. Yeah. It's the modern day slapstick. Wait, kind of comedy. 
that reminds me. This is a perfect time to bring this up too. This was a fucking we fucking missed an opportunity not going to fucking prom wearing a blue and orange tuxedo like we wanted to inspired from that movie man oh yeah that would have been ridiculous that would have been straight down our alley too and we fucking were trying so hard to do that shit dude we either a found places that were like expensive as fuck b found places that weren't gonna be like in time because admittedly elijah and i waited for everything at that point so again we waited like to like maybe the week of prom to look for tuxes and shit that was like eh let's do something cool like this this probably was a couple weeks before if not the week before and see you generally see like light blue and bright orange like that but mm-hmm. like in a more classy touch like that not really like just straight up obnoxious in your face like how they had it on there so it was kind of difficult to find but throw it back to that era that would have been cool as fuck if we did that yeah, it's we found those ones. Up, but underrated. They were Underrated cheap. all day. <laughs> we could have wore, like, that's the thing. We wanted to, like, legit looking tuxes. Like, we could have got the costume. We wanted to for be Harry and Lloyd, man. But they would, that would have been, like, cheap ass looking shit. <laughs> I feel like, like we had a bit shit. of an homage to them as well in those days. Like, we were kind of Harry and Lloyd of ourselves. Like, I don't yeah. know who was more like who, but we were both pretty fucking ridiculous. I, uh, I've seen it. But admittedly, it's it's been a long time, so I really don't have a strong opinion of it. So I'm probably gonna just I'll probably say it's fair. Um, you know, I just because no because I, you know there fair, are people, like I, I think I there's definitely a lot of people that like those kind of stuff too. Yeah, and like especially those movies because of Jim Carrey and you know whatnot as well. I mean, he has a lot I'm of. I'm a fan of. He has a lot of anything that he's he has. Been, great, I, I, he has a lot of drawing like power because of who he is. So, like, a lot yeah. of people saw that movie because of him. Yeah. Too, you know. I'm not saying. I think know. I saw that movie before I ever even knew who he is because yeah. I was like a kid. I feel like the oh, first yeah. time I saw that movie. Well, I yeah. was a kid when I saw a lot of his movies. That's the thing. That's why yeah. he's like probably one of my favorite actors of all time. I feel like I've I seen, grew up with his shit yeah. with that movie even I've seen his mega hits and I've seen some of his not as well known movies and stuff and like there's some I still haven't seen actually he's always classic I've never actually seen the Truman Show I've been a big fan to see that and I've never actually seen like the uh, what's it called the man on the moon where he's playing Andy Kaufman no, you're just that. talking about that fucking watching that you ever see the cable guy no I haven't actually either and I these are all movies that I know exist know that he's in but it's like I never have gotten to the point of seeing them. In California, I watched that Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or whatever the hell it is that he's in. It was a really, oh, yeah. I really heard of that movie. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was wild. All right, but I mean, uh, yeah. Jim Carrey is a pretty interesting ass dude for sure. Like, yeah, there's a lot of shit. What was it? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or something like yeah. that. It's in the Grinch, fucking biggest goddamn oh. holiday movie in the last twenty hour many years. Other than the Ace Ventura is a classics. Yeah. Kick ass. Two. As yeah. uh Colonel, Colonel Stars, Stars and Stripes. Yeah. Bruce Almighty. Yeah. That's the mask. a great movie. That, that was kind of a different role for him too. Like that was still a funny movie, but he had some serious shit in there. Yeah. For sure. Fun with Dick and Jane was actually kind of an underrated and movie for a him. A lot of people I feel like say uh, Evan Almighty is better than Bruce Almighty, but I feel like I like Bruce Almighty better. Who says that? 
<laughs> That's what I want to know. Who are you? Who the fuck said that? I've heard people say that. Yeah. I, I I can't give you exact examples because yeah, yeah. directly off the top of my head, I can't remember. I generally disregard that opinion anyway. It's just trash. And I love Steve Carell. Like yeah. The Office is one of my favorite oh, yeah. of all time. But, but it ain't like, better than Jim Carrey. I mean, be real. But I don't think Evan but Almighty that was just... is better than Bruce Almighty. Yeah. No, Evan or Evan Almighty was good, but Bruce Almighty was a lot funnier. Fuck, I don't even know if I've ever seen all of Evan Almighty. What was the theme topic again? I think I answered it. Yeah, you guys answered it. Dumb and dumber. Oh, yeah, underrated for sure. I said fair. You can throw yours in there if you got it. We're halfway in. I'm saying classic horror movies. So, like, the kind of original collection of horror movies, like Frankenstein, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Nosferatu. You mean bare bones fucking horror stuff. We're talking the original. Yeah, the original. original, Frankenstein, Dracula, shit like that. Oh, fuck. What's your kind of... Because I know, obviously, I know you guys are a huge horror fan. I love slashers and shit like that, too. Like, I'm a fan of that shit, and that was a cool era. But that was kind of like the era before even all that shit. You know Vincent what I mean? Vincent Price shit. And there was very was much a whole full era of that too. That's why I'm saying that as a collective. Like the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula. Like yeah. that collection. It's like the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. It had like a very that, cool man. feel That's some to early it. Early ass yeah, dude, shit. The Nosferatu shit. That was kind of like early Dracula shit. That, that was, was even kind of before where I'm The thing is, none of this cool other yeah, stuff would nice. exist if it wasn't for that stuff. That's true, so honestly, yeah. I'm going to say underrated. Yeah, and I back horror movies to the end of time. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent underrated because it paved the way for literally an entire genre. They're like, I I have before, but not in a long time. I yeah, saw like some older Frankenstein movies. I remember growing up with a lot of them because yeah. my aunt Co is actually a huge fan of like those classic horror and movies. Legs. Yeah. Um, like Frankenstein, all like that collection that I'm saying, and so I feel like I kind of grew up like seeing even that specific series of like horror movies, and to me that was like felt revolutionary as far as what was going on in horror and like movies and shit like that at that time it was pretty like intelligent to think like it might be appealing to be frightened yeah as opposed to just laughing or like you know something uh you know dramatic or whatever the hell alright um yeah I get that too and because then people realize that they kind of like being a little scared a little bit shocked or a little bit fucking you know what I'm saying suspense and like you love like your being on the edge of your seat, it's the same reason we fucking now, I will say a lot of those in the last quarter, the fucking bottom of the ninth. Looking at that shit through like modern day eyes aren't always like the scariest. No, but to me, I'm a lover of fan, uh, not fans, film just generally, and especially film that holds up over time. And I feel like those films do, like, those characters are still so classic, like, they are just ingrained within pop culture. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely to this day. Literally, like, that's the thing. They're, I, yeah. They did become icons. Like, yeah. Every Halloween, it's them. Yeah. Dracula, <laughs> Frankenstein is, is said in passing all the time. It's just like a reference. Oh, who are you, Dracula? Fuck yeah. Man. And shit like that. Like, somebody's got some red shit on their fucking lips or some shit. Oh, yeah. Um, did you ever see much of that Creature of the Black Lagoon? Yeah, I don't, Swamp. Yeah, I, I remember seeing... I think it was on TV. I thought he was yeah. cool as fuck. He had such a cool design and, like, everything to him. Just seemed so... He seemed... To me, I always, in a weird way, pictured him like a superhero because that, I feel like he would have had a really cool concept design to be, like, a superhero. 
it yeah. felt like in a way to like fucking swamp thing and shit to me yeah. like it was badass which obviously that came beforehand on that but there could have even been you know some inspiration drawn from that to even make that part we're getting way ahead of ourselves on that now though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's they, all part no, of it they really did like if it wasn't for them we probably wouldn't have a lot of the shit we have today when it comes oh, yeah. to like Halloween wise horror genre just in general and to me wise, it was like, like they, they're, that's like the staples of Halloween like obviously I, I like I like to get immersed in the whole Halloween like experience as well and I, I feel like I haven't done that fully as much over like the last full year few years as I would like to but for me like part of that experience is included like obviously slashers as well because that's a huge defining part of that era but mm-hmm. like even that like what we were talking about those like earlier monsters like that shit feels so cool to like watch during Halloween and shit like that and throw it back to that, that like earlier time too because even the fact that it's like kind of older makes it feel even more eerie in a way too it adds a new aesthetic to it because it's made in such a far different way it's still on old film and shit is what it's shot on so it's like it even looks different they didn't have the effects and shit like that so a lot of it's like real life effect or shit like that there's some cheesy ass looking shit because sometimes if they tried effects back then they did what they could but it didn't always turn out the best you know what I mean but they had some cool fucking shit too you know what I mean they had made whole ass shit that was done on like that was supposed to be mega and shot it on a miniature scale just to add effects you know what I mean like film could be especially in those eras I feel like they were so much more creative in the ways they manipulated things to like create a cool ass effect out of it yeah they uh well like you look back too and you like if you look at like the 70s and 80s and stuff like that horror movies maybe even 90s they're like watching a lot of that older shit yeah. And then you watch stuff that's in the 2000s and, like, so on. Then they're watching Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and all that stuff. Everybody's, like, sort of paying homage to what the hell came before them. Yeah. Like, it's always on TV, like, in the background. Oh, I fucking love this stuff. You know what I mean? And then turns out they're in a fucking horror movie. Watching yeah. a horror movie. Yeah. Honestly, that's what you see, too. I, yeah. I like when they do that, lot, too. Yeah. And you see that a lot in, like, um, remakes. I've noticed sometimes they'll, like, include footage of, like, the... Like, I think in the newer... Uh, Friday the 13th or whatever they showed some of like the original series and shit on TV or something like that mm-hmm. just as like I think it's interesting when they pay homage to things mm-hmm. like that or even like totally not even relate to horror anymore but the Rise of the Planet Apes like remake that had Franco in it and mm-hmm. stuff they some of the things they had in that were like an homage back to like the whole original series way years beforehand I like when they keep it kind of consistent like that because it's like maybe it's not necessarily consistent storyline wise but I love to kind of pay respect to, like, what came before and a little tribute, like, a nod, like, hey, we see you, man. Like, this mm-hmm. is why we're here. Like, we know. We've seen this before, and you inspired us to do what we're doing now. It's generally not received well whenever somebody does, like, whenever somebody completely flips and makes something. It's titled the same thing. Yeah. But they make it their own shit. Yeah. And it's like... And there's a lot of times it shouldn't yeah. have been done, honestly, but there's a lot of times it was done well, too, I feel yeah. like. So, it's... It's hard to take. It's like, I don't think anyone's intentionally trying to make a shitty-ass reboot, but if it's done well, then it's going to be received well, and if it's not done well, then it's going to be kind of seen disrespectful to the original film, and that's kind of just how it is. Like, film critics are kind of harsh that way, and in a way, like, you have to, you do have to make your new story when you're making a reboot, but you do still have to pay homage. It's a very, 
if you're making a reboot, you gotta be, you're walking a fine line to what's gonna be good, what's gonna pay tribute, and what's gonna be seen as like devaluing the original. You know yeah. what I mean? One of the stupidest yeah. things I feel like I hear is people are people like, it ruined the original. How did it ruin the original one? Anytime yeah, there's a bad like it does, no because away from it, though. it wouldn't have, I, like, because the original movie or whatever is still gonna, you can still go back and watch yeah. it. It, it, it doesn't ruin it. <laughs> change the original. Yeah, it's like, like, what the fuck are you talking about? But in about? a way, it does because it's it. like, for so long, you watch it with a certain ending or it's thinking a certain yeah. way about a character, and then they Boy. go and alter that in such a different way, and it's yeah. like, well, that doesn't really feel as fitting of an end to me. That, fit, that felt like just something weirdly added in or something, you know what I mean? Well, then take the original ending and just be like, Fuck the other one. Hey, as far as I know, Han yeah. shot Greedo, so I'm going to go with whatever <laughs> fucking movie logic I see fit. Yeah, that's it was hard got to do. imagine that fucking Return of the Jedi, like, there was going to be a better ending than that of Star Wars. I was like... Yeah. Well, and I'm not even saying as far as, like, Rise of Skywalker. I think no, that no, one not, was fine, and it didn't take anything I had a great time really, really fucking seeing that. I did, yeah. It, like, that was the last time we were all fucking together, too, so... Yeah. Like... The way things no, I mean, I, back together. It was just, it had its... We'll get into Star Wars, though, anyway. Well, yeah, we will. I guess we can. What I mean, the hell, fuck? Where were we doing? The good and the bad and the shits? No, no, no. I still what got the, the next else? one. What, what literally did we you just got, You just said the horror You got one. two more, and oh, I got I one more, right? Okay. Yeah. I got another one, if let's, I do have an opportunity to throw Let's go one. with Star Wars, then. Fucking uh, Mace Windu. Oh, Mace? Yeah, let's talk Mace. about Mace. Motherfucker Mace. I will say I'm not the type of individual that go far out of my way as far as fandoms beyond, like, the main movies. So that's really what I know of him is the main movies. I don't even really know, like, his Clone Wars stuff that much. But just strictly it. based on 1, 2, and 3, I love the fuck of that, dude. It was cool. I'm a fan of Samuel L. Jackson. It was cool as shit seeing yeah. him in that series anyways. Yeah. And he was cool as shit in that series. He was... Hey, not to make the pump, but he was a bad <laughs> motherfucker. I mean, he really was. It was written on his lightsaber. Was it really? I, don't I thought that was, was a joke. I don't know if that was true. Or not. I thought he actually had a Z twenty five seventeen and encapsulated and encapsulated and whatever fucking put on his lightsaber. Didn't he? I thought I had heard that, and he was the only person with a purple one. And that's because Samuel L. Jackson's that big ball of a motherfucker to say, hey, I want a brand new fucking color that doesn't exist. Make it for me. Give it to me. And no one else can have it. And he got it, too. And the reasoning behind it with it being, like, the world's best uh, duelsmanship or duels fucking lightsaber duelsman is fucking perfect, too, because Mace, that just makes him more badass. Like, that yeah. adds to Mace's mystique, too. He was the only one that ever out-dueled Palpatine. Now, they, they, say, That was reported a fact in fucking Did he for Star sure die whenever Anakin blasted him out the fucking window in 3? I mean, it looked like it, but it's not like they talked about it. They yeah. Did. No, it was it. And the it Jedi are pretty impact. damn powerful, and Mace was pretty powerful, too. So. He got thrown across the city, but I don't know. They never said anything more about him, but... Star Wars does have a way about bringing people back, so honestly, I've, I'm kind of not a fan when they do, like, I wasn't really a fan when I saw Darth Maul came back. I felt like his ending should have been cool, was cool because Obi did end it, but I guess technically Obi did still end it, so it was kind of cool and still connected back yeah. around. So, in a way, I'd be cool, I'd be down to see Mace come back. That'd be, I'd be intrigued by what more potential he has, but overall, just Mace as an individual, I will... I'm going to call him underrated because I would have even, 
like to see more of him. I, mean, I think he was a cool, you know, yeah, Jedi. I felt like he had a good role and everything. He kind of dicked Anakin out, though. And he I was mean, a dickhead on the council. He, he was. He, he really was the biggest dickhead know. on the council. He was. He but no, he, he was that betrayed. harsh motherfucker, and he. <laughs> I don't know, I felt like he played his role right. He kind of was just trying to follow the Jedi way as, like, strictly as he could. I don't necessarily agree that Anakin was fit to be on the council, but, yeah. you know, honestly, Mace, it's your fucking fault that Darth Vader happened. Yeah, he's the reason Anakin, that Anakin said he fuck the Jedi. Put Anakin on the council, then he wouldn't have been fucking... Manipulated. He put him by, on the council, but he didn't uh, make him a master. Yeah, he didn't. That was a problem. He didn't grant him a master. That was a part that he but, The thing is, he was a knight when he when he retrained Ahsoka, and I think knights are allowed to have padawans, but yeah. like masters have apprentices. I feel eventually, though, had Anakin just consistently stuck in his ways, he would have eventually convinced Mace. It's not really Mace's fault that Anakin kind of like yeah. cracked in his head and was like, "Well, you know what." Fuck you, then. I'm not a master. Time to become Lord Vader. But Palpatine was pushing. He's like, he's well, like yeah. you know you deserve to be on the That's council. True, he's like, he was really pushing him to be like, you're better than, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're... And Anakin, like, he was good at a lot of the shit, but he fucking... I mean, think he, was, about, he was rushing it, too. Think about how powerful Palpatine was, though. Regardless mm-hmm. of if he became a master one way or another, it could have even been fucking worse because... Palpatine was so good at convincing individuals one way or another, he probably would have gotten to the point where he could have switched Anakin to that extent. So, if he would have just gotten it whenever he was a master, he probably would have been even more in control of everything, just what he kind of basically was immediately. But, you know, there's so much weird things that could have happened in Star Wars, just like anything. So much weird stuff that did happen. So well, much yeah. cool stuff that happened. I, I mean, I'm not even saying it but weird. Yeah. Like, man, that's just weird. But, like, stuff could have been different. Yeah, and those mega-ass fans sit around and, like, think about this shit all day whenever people are like, what the hell are they talking about? Anyone that isn't a Star Wars fan, you fucking understand what we're saying. That isn't. <laughs> <laughs> they get it. <laughs> They're still listening. You're still tuned in. No, I, I feel like Mace is definitely underrated though, because he's like, like you, like you said earlier, he's literally it's like a fact that he's the best like dueler with yeah. the saber and yeah, shit. Yeah. He's fucking he's got the purple one. Yeah. He's a master on the council and shit, but he's not one of the more talked about Jedi, really. Not really. Because he died off in the prequel trilogy and stuff. Maybe that would have been cool if he would have ended up in the. I mean. I, Obviously, he wasn't going to end up in the original trilogy somehow. That's not how that works. But uh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool as fucking Mace somehow was in the original trilogy just weird as fuck randomly. Like, oh shit! There he is! <laughs> <laughs> it would have been weird though because it wouldn't have been Samuel L. Jackson. So it would have been like, who the hell is this guy? Young Samuel L. Jackson. How old was Samuel L. Jackson in 1977? <laughs> Probably not the fucking... He's a young motherfucker. He yeah, was a, he was a young motherfucker there. Um, I think I, I saw a shirt like uh, that he was him? wearing. No, it said he said grab the purple. Or it, like it's it literally said grab the purple lightsaber. It's the one that says bad motherfucker oh, on really? it. it, it, it you know, it said uh, it's mine. It's the one that says bad motherfucker on it. He Which was wearing one is it. it. I was like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, they just combining the shit. They should bring him back and incorporate that line somehow. Like he's like held hostage but he like kicks everyone at everyone's ass and he's like 
give my lightsaber back. Which one is it? <laughs> it's the one that says bad motherfucker. <laughs> no. It gives it back. He will not be trained. Ignites it. First time you see the purple, just, someone's just, head goes off. He'd want. get the one the one F bomb in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Mace have to. And uh the way he fucking killed Boba Fett was cool as shit. That's that's the only reason Boba Fett I Django. like. Django. Django, yeah. Oh yeah, Django Fett, that's awful. Oh, I mean, that's the only reason I like Django more than Boba because the way he, he died to Mace was like it, I mean like that shit he died, you don't really realize how he died, I guess, but he died a cool ass way and like that's a fairly presentable way to be like, well, at least if I went out I got decapitated by the world's greatest like lightsaber user. Like yeah. what else you gotta do? A lot of people met that fate, you know? It's yeah. like, well, I tried. <laughs> there was just a bunch of chaos going on around him too. It's like Yeah. Damn, I had to have fucking I gotta fight this guy. He didn't All do these good, motherfuckers though. around here. That was a badass. He battle. shot like what five laser beams at him, and Mace was like, "Fuck your laser beams!" And he like deflected all of them. Was like, "Peace head." He caught him in the jacket, like you know, they're on that balcony. But then he fucking had to take it off because he was on fire. And, and shit. the young ass Bobo was sad. And then he found shit. his dad's head. Oh, yeah. yeah. You ever had Bobo? Bobo's pretty good. That's a whole different type of yep. Bobo. But the show when it comes out later this year is gonna be great. The Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Fett. It's gonna be good. Alright, my last one, right? Yeah. I can warn you. Well, it's kind of intriguing because we were sort of talking about it yesterday, but. Deathmatch Wrestling. You know, it's funny. Lily, when I just said like 10 minutes ago that I had another one in mind, I wanted to ask you. That was what I was referring to that I wanted to ask. <laughs> um, we were talking about it yesterday. That's why I was thinking it would be a funny topic to include. Because some people think it's garbage shit. But at the same time, it's it's it's, it's group of fans are very, very, very into their fucking people. That they I like. Like, can totally get how it wouldn't be for everyone. Wrestling in itself isn't for everyone. No. Basic wrestling isn't for everyone. So when you're adding a whole nother level where it's like, it, you're basically guaranteed that you're going to be beyond the realms of a regular wrestling match. There's going to be violence here. There's going to be people getting hurt and actually legitimately injured and cut and you know, you might lose a lot severe of ass shit. You might you're not might lose a lot of blood. You're probably going to lose a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. You're going to like be cut the fuck up. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be injured. If you're Nick Gage, you're probably gonna die for seven minutes and then make a comeback. You know that shit was fucking awesome though. I mean that shit was like not awesome, but like the shit was crazy. Like, but he, dude, I feel. I'm going to call deathmatch wrestling just because I feel like I'd be disrespectful as fuck and some deathmatch wrestler out there is going to hear this podcast and if I call it anything other than underrated, it's going to come literally kick my ass and stab the fuck out of me with a light tube directly yeah. in the forehead. So I'm going to call it underrated because they definitely fucking work their asses off for that shit. They literally give their fucking life stream and their blood for that shit. I mean, they're earning barely a paycheck for you know 20-30 minutes of entertainment for legitimately the most like hardcore ass level of fans 
But oh, yeah. there's a certain appeal to it that's like, those fans are hardcore, dude. And there's like, I was telling him last night when we were watching that documentary, there's a certain, like, obviously when someone that's a huge-ass name like Steve Austin or John Cena comes out, a thousand fucking people pop and everyone fucking reacts because that's this individual that they've watched all day and have, like, related to. But I, I got to imagine there's a certain, like, extra level of, like, connection between a deathmatch wrestler and their legit diehard fan base because... They are there to watch everyone besides you basically fucking be murdered. And you are the one individual there that they are like, if this place is going up in flames tonight, we want to see you fucking left standing. And they were there screaming their fucking guts out while you're pouring your guts out, like, supporting you. They were fucking diehard, like, in through the shit that Nick Gage went through. Like, everybody wanted to see him back. And, like, dude, like, it was, honestly, that was, like... That was a crazy fucking dark side of the ring, but... Now, I do have a piece to throw in as far as deathmatch wrestling goes. It is intense as fuck, and it's hardcore as fuck, and there's a certain level of appeal that, like, all right, I can respect that, but that in itself, and I'm saying this especially to people that see that and are like, oh my god, wrestling's so fucking barbaric. That in itself is not wrestling. That is not truly how rep- wrestling is represented. That is wrestling represented in an extreme as yeah. fuck, hardcore yeah. as fuck environment. It, yeah. A beyond, like, you know, extents of what wrestling even is. That is how Deathmatch Wrestling is presented. And that is incorporated throughout wrestling. Yes, it has a level of violence, but there's a lot more of a story that is told throughout it's a spectrum wrestling. It is, and that's that. Yeah. Is, that is just an extremist fucking. That is version the absolute. Of it. Yeah, you're not. That's level. not your technical but ability. That, yeah, like you're not. You're gonna get your best technical matches from deathmatch. I'm not talking shit on every deathmatch wrestler because there's definitely deathmatch wrestlers that can work, but there's. I've also seen deathmatch wrestlers that they call themselves wrestlers and yes they do go through these insane fucking matches where they're doing the most insane shit but half of them don't look like they've been trained properly to wrestle a day in their life and don't know how to even fucking properly run the ropes or give a fucking simple arm drag or lock up yeah. right and it's like you know well yeah they're they're just like fully spot wrestlers they, the they're, they're, they're just spots guys that's when wrestling becomes a lot more about the telling the story aspect of it and a yeah. lot more just shoot based. I mean just straight up shoot Oh it based. it 100% looks like a shoot because there's no way to say that they're not fucking hurting each other. Well, because they're fucking destroying their clearly bodies. Clearly they in fuck there. it all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's you can't it's almost that's exactly what it looks like. And where Nick Gage was like I'm going to whoop his ass like he fucking meant it because he was going to fucking kill him with these goddamn light tubes and our cat probably was going into that shit I mean I'm sure deathmatch wrestling still has levels of like oh we're telling a story I'm my character you're my character and I want to do this to you but beyond that it's like what they're doing is actual crazy as shit like oh I'm my character so I'm gonna fucking 
body slam your ass through a glass window or some shit. It's like, and they're actually doing this shit, mm-hmm. you know? Onto a table with fire and shit. Arquette's going into a match <laughs> with Nick Gage thinking like, okay, we're doing the classic WCW style wrestling of it's like, you know, that's probably what he's more familiar with. It's like, they got the plan. They got to sit up there in there with professionals. He doesn't have to do much, you know? They're yeah. going to set him up, look nice, take the pin and all that good shit. Not quite how a death match is going to go, buddy. Yeah, he knew he what knew. he was know, getting in for. I know that he didn't he get just into like, that shit not thinking he wasn't going to get hurt. He knew that he was going to yeah. bleed and he was going to get cut. But he he kind of started to panic to the point thinking it was a real fight. And honestly, death match environment is kind of real fucking fight shit. Like, it's weird. It's like, I'm not saying weird like as an insult, but it's weird as fuck that like people do this shit on the fucking regular. It's weird that's like, it's like insane to me that people make their life and their living off of that shit and they make their name off that shit like oh yeah all right dude i get it i get you i get your point you a hard motherfucker and i ain't fucking with you <laughs> like oh shit man that shit's like you see a someone like that like just out in the streets and you're like nope nope i you're probably a nice guy but second i piss you off i'm about to fucking be bleeding like no tomorrow there like, are some tough, like, that's the thing, though, is some deathmatch, like, there are guys, like you said, that don't have any wrestling ability, but there are some deathmatch wrestlers that have had legendary matches yeah. that aren't deathmatches, too. Like, they, they can work with other guys, and, like, they actually have wrestling ability, and, like, you see them pull out some real moves in deathmatches, too, because, like... Hell, I'm most impressed. They're just legends, but they, like, kind of made their name doing deathmatches, so it's, like... I'm most impressed when you can see both as someone that, like probably was taught the general wrestling style like they came up through the basic wrestling training system and know the general style but also know how to incorporate like that hardcore aspect Mm. into their match like they are both a worker and a hardcore worker yeah someone that's like you know someone that legitimately got popularized although that basically made the the style famous Mick Foley Mick Foley and Terry Funk tore the fuck up over there in Japan legend he knows how to work a Death match, matches. and he knows how to fucking make the most out of everything. I mean, and he literally fucking... That dude put his body on the line for just simply the sake of entertainment. You see the bumps he takes just normally in, like, yeah. 96, 97 in WWF? Yeah. And you're like, dude, nobody was, like, flying over the freaking, like, the guardrails and shit like that, or, like, just smacking onto the concrete and shit. Like, he was just... It's like, you know that he's paying the price for it and shit now, and that was fucked up oh, even yeah. that he was doing it then, but it was just crazy. It's like, there's no way. This guy's legitimately smacking his head off the concrete. Oh, yeah, dude, he was. Every fucking night. And I guarantee someone like Nick Gage, the age that full he's at now where he's feeling all this shit, he's going to be feeling that. Everyone that's doing this shit is going to be feeling that and realizing, like, Damn, I fucked up my body, but that is exactly 100% the world of wrestling. Like, you don't yeah. get into that shit. No. You get into that shit basically knowing you're basically signing a contract that I'm giving you my body in return for, you know, your love and admiration almost. Like, you, you're doing it just for their entertainment, and you're giving up what you had for the sake of that. It's definitely not the paycheck and fucking... Uh, deathmatch wrestling because it's at a lower level and it's, well, no. it can't be presented in that mainstream light. So like, especially yeah. the guys in like the big companies like AEW, WWE, it's like yeah. 
you're still getting hurt taking bumps all the time and shit, but they're not like that brutal. No, but it's still gonna hurt like fuck whenever you're older. But now we know a little more about like protecting your body, but it's it's still it's gonna hurt. You're a fucking wrestler. And you do it for twenty years. Yeah. What would be a twenty of years of bumps? match wrestling? I don't even know how you fucking protect yourself on that shit, dude. How do you guys like gauge in fucking Moxley before he hit the big scenes like do that shit for years? Oh yeah. Off hardly a paycheck. Look at look guys like fucking Well, like the wife beater, I guess he's like a CZW lesser, but like Necro Butcher too, like they never made it big. No. They Necro Butcher just was a famous deathmatch wrestler forever. I know. Much. I heard his name, but I'm really it's not like, familiar with a lot. He was in the wrestler. I know. I remember that too. Yeah. Is it he the guy that he had a deathmatch with in the wrestler? It, yeah. It was. Uh, I don't know if it was a deathmatch, but it was pretty. It was like pretty brutal. I mean, he, he just like pulled was out the stable to be gun. Something yeah. Like that. I mean, like they had the stable gun, and then they had that like glass sheet thing or something. Yeah, like that. that's true. I think I don't know either that or it, it was, might have been it was supposed to be. I think it was. Yeah, fuck. It was supposed to be an extreme match from, too, yeah. dude. Fucking, I would watch the wrestler, but Michael Cox fucking still has my goddamn wrestler. Dude. <laughs> hey guys, man, bring that shit back. That's what I'm saying. We're gonna hunt you down. Nah, I just call him out. <laughs> <It's just, laughs> I haven't dude. answered for this one yet, but Mister Two Hundred Five underrated. Live. Underrated? Wait, what? No, you said. What the hell were you even talking about? Talking about death match wrestling. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to call it underrated because as much that does, like, it is not, it's clearly not the direct, like, you know, what traditional root of wrestling is. Obviously. Obviously. They're far removed from that. But as much that goes into that, I think anything other than underrated would be kind of like a questionable answer because they're literally pouring out buckets of blood like as much as they're giving of themselves for that it's like that's kind of a fucked up way to make your living but props to you man you know you are doing you're doing you and you're paying your bills and you're supporting your family and doing what the fuck you gotta do but you're doing it in a crazy fucking way yeah I can see it in that light 100% uh, for like what they because you're still putting your body in the line, and no doubt that all those guys were inspired by actual wrestling at some point, well, and or some a lot of cool shit, I'm sure. Uh, I also Funk. can 100% see why a lot of actual wrestling fans like would say fucking that it's it's so it's so out there and just not wrestling. It's a spot fest of fucking brutal bumps and shit. Yeah. Why that would be the outlook too on it, but like, I mean, you are right in that in that other sense too. So I mean, like, I realistically, I would say, obviously, it doesn't take probably as much skill, but it takes f- a fucking hell of a lot of pain tolerance to and do. a lot of fucking guts and a lot of guts, do. yeah, and a lot of guts to do. So Holy shit, yeah. I mean, think about it in this aspect: take someone like Gage and put him in. You know, put him on WrestleMania. He's not exactly going to draw. He's not probably going to have considered the best match on the card if he isn't really pulling out all of his props and his gimmicks. Yeah, if he has a death match at WrestleMania, it'd probably fucking be insane. It'd be probably the best (laughs) match on the card because you don't typically see that shit. But the thing is, you're not going to be going that far extent in a company like that. Now, at the same time, take someone like 
John Cena that's made it to mega level success on that stage, a WWE stage, your top stage, or you know whoever you actually like more, The Rock, anyone, put him in a death match, put him in CZW, put him in the fucking death match. The what's it called? The fucking tournament of death. Yeah, the tournament <laughs> yeah. of death. The tournament of death, dude. I'm just imagine for one second how that would go with Thumbtack Jack. I mean. They're both the huge motherfuckers, so if they're put in a match where it's like, hey, fight for your life, they could probably at least hold their own, but, like, that's a whole new environment, dude. You oh, are, yeah. it's far beyond making a performance, you're kind of, like, making a performance and while the guys fighting for your life at the same time. I feel like those guys kind of are crazed, like, they get to a certain mindset of, like, you kind of have to fight for your own survival out there, dude, and it gets barbaric as shit. There was a guy on that Deathmatch DVD. I actually told you about this, but, like, there was a, a spot where he sliced the hell out of his arm on a light tube, like, in because they had God. the light tubes all in the corners, and he got, like, <laughs> he got slammed into, like, all the corners and stuff, but he ended up winning the match. Like, shortly after that, but his arm, he got, like, cut on his arm, and it, like, I guess hit an artery or something. Oh, my God. Because his his arm legitly was shooting blood like a fountain out of it, like, up by his elbow pad. See, that shit, it gets to a certain extent where some shit actually does fucking disgust me. But it, it got even worse because he wins the match, gets up, and then he's like... I'm ready for the finals. And he, like, shows his arm, and it's shooting all the blood. He's like, because he, he, like, has another match still. He's like, I'm ready for... And he, like, opens his mouth and shoots the blood into his mouth from his fucking vein. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's wrestling. Oh, my God. Not really, but bro. Just, oh, my you, fucking... Uh... I've seen some death matches where literally a dude... Stabbed like a fucking knife or something like that through the other dude's fucking tongue. I mean, uh, there is some insane ass <laughs> shit, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's as done. someone that's like, like an aspiring up. wrestler. <laughs> like I'm never doing this again. As someone that's like an aspiring wrestler, that like, all right, I want to make my life off that. I want to make my living off that. Like, yeah, I never can imagine myself aspiring to make my living off of deathmatch wrestling because there's just a there's. You have to protect yourself before anything fucking else. I can't go out there a hundred times a fucking week and have badges where fucking my <laughs> arteries are so cut weak. open and I'm shooting blood that much. Well, I also don't, like, you wouldn't want to have a match where every, like, before every match you had, you wouldn't want to fucking be, like, on the shitter. You're so nervous oh, that you're yeah, going to get dude. fucked up out there. I gotta uh, say, I'd love to have <laughs> some in my career at some point if I was ever lucky to do that, but, like, there's no fucking way I'd do that fucking many oh, of them. Hell I'm going to take this home with, uh, still on the wrestling subject, but it's slightly different direction. Alright. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Um... Man... If you, he's if you on top of the world, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of different things that I can be kind of. Like, I know, and that's why I thought it'd be. I that. couldn't. I couldn't think of. I was trying to think of other people, and I was like, maybe like legends, and I was like, throw Kenny out there. Obviously, yeah. he's you know 
But he is. No, he's been the champ for a long while now. The shit that they're doing is fucking He's awesome. doing a lot of good. The shit, he is doing like, a lot the backstage good. segments are really fucking good, too. You know, the first time I ever heard of Kenny Omega, he was still in New Japan doing all this shit, like his initial mega run that, and it was kind of like, from our point of view as American fans, obviously we don't follow New Japan as much, so you kind of like, we're wrestling fans, but we're not like, knowledgeable fans of that direct company mm-hmm. so you still kind of hear the folklore and like you hear about the matches and like some of them you're like intrigued enough to go see not go see like in person obviously I'm <laughs> fly my ass to Japan but like yeah. you look them up and, and especially in the modern age of technology they're typically easy to find especially if they're a big match um, and like I will say the first time I saw them Wrestle, I was pretty impressed by him. It was like, he is very fluent in what he does, especially at this stage now. Like, he has come in his all as far as a wrestler's wrestler goes. He is very, he hits on point on everything. And he's probably as far as matching someone bar for bar all day and just who can put on, you know, go out there and have a traditional style professional wrestling match until you just can't. Until your endurance can't hold up. And Omega would be able to do it probably with the best of anybody and still make it entertaining with a mm-hmm. consistent variety of moves. And I will say his, like, I kind of do think his, what he did do in New Japan is kind of better than what he's doing now, but he's in a very interesting spot where he's, like, obviously seen in a very focal position. He's holding four fucking main champions. Yeah. The AEW title, the AEW, or AAA title, and two TNA titles. Like, there's not someone that really is going to commonly be presented that light. And he is probably a once in a lifetime talent. Um, that's kind of my perception now. That was my kind of perception initially. But my, truly, my initial, initial perception of him is really what I heard of him. And that's when you're hearing, like, seven star, eight star match, Kenny Omega, the, the, the instant classic. Dave Meltzer, I will say I've heard a little bit more of him nowadays to where I, I don't necessarily hate his opinion. I agree with it to an extent. That just really felt like a good way to over-the-hype the fuck out of an individual and never give him the opportunity to meet that bar again. Yeah, how how is anybody what the hell is supposed a to ever... star match even mean? Yeah. How, how is anybody <laughs> supposed to ever fucking, like, how, how does that even... How do you compete? match that? Has anyone else beyond Kenny Omega had a seven or eight star match? Or is it just him? And it's out of like five still? I know. I mean, like, like, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to give it eight. So in that sense, the first time (laughs) I heard him, I was overhyped. And I remember, like, there was a lot of the different times (laughs) where it was like, oh, man, Omega might come to WWE. Omega might go to WWE. And just kind of as a WWE fan that didn't know him that much and, like, heard, oh, Mega match, eight star Kenny Omega, I was kind of like, who even really is this guy? Like, he's going to come here, and within the first few months, he's not going to make it. Like, that, and I'm not even saying that in a shitty way, but it was like, he's going to come in with hype of, oh, it's Kenny Omega, and then everyone's going to forget about him on this big mega stage with all these other stars. Yeah. What's interesting is he came up with that class of, or maybe just a few years younger, but, like, still with a lot of those guys in ROH that were in it, like, yeah. the 2000s. Which were fucking Tyler Black, yeah. Seth Rollins, Claudio Castanoli, fucking Cesaro, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. It's weird fucking, because he kind of seems like he's like 
all these people below their yeah. kind of group. Like yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He he was no, he was really there when they were at the forefront yeah. of like ROH and shit. Uh, fucking El Generico, Sami Zayn. Obviously, a his lot of took a different direction. Every, yeah, everybody ended up going you know, to, going to the company and shit. It would have been interesting to honestly see what would happen if he like stuck around, wrestled with Kevin Steen, wrestled with Claudio, wrestled with all these guys. My point is like I think whenever he emerged after that class had graduated, I guess, and yeah. you know went to the next level, he fucking figured out a way to like go to like mul- well, I mean multiple different promotions, fucking get himself not only over but have these fucking amazing like long yeah. ass fucking matches and yeah. like, built his name over there and then he comes over here and that's why he gets the treatment in AEW and like obviously he's still having great matches but in America especially it's like you're gonna there's a more entertainment value to it other than just the wrestling and stuff yeah. like that too and that's what they want to do like that's why I'm really enjoying I'm not saying it's by any means perfect but like that's why I'm really enjoying AEW because like it's entertaining it's yeah. it's explicit still it's gritty it's like it's how wrestling fucking was always presented to me growing up anyway and like I thought it was fucking awesome it's wrestling people in charge and plus it it's, it's a very fresh product too yeah like, oh yeah it feels like a new, new they yeah. have work to do for sure but they know it and they will offering of wrestling uh but fucking WWE at the same time has made a bunch of questionable decisions with the fucking releases well yeah um, they're by no means perfect oh, yeah, AEW is not perfect because sure. there's still a new company just kind yeah. of trying to figure things out but they're still oh, yeah. trying to be unique and they're just, still very much trying to focus on the now and the new and people give them criticism because they do bring in like Mark Henry and Big Show and Sting a lot of these like older legends bring a lot of attention to them that are former WWE guys but Henry and Show hasn't even wrestled yet. Sting's wrestled twice, but he's kind of been more just Darby's guy for the most part. So it's like they're still using these legends, like more so just in a promotional way for their younger guys. Like they're doing it in a good way, honestly. I'm and it's funny because I'm saying the same thing for AEW that I'm saying for the original thing that you proposed for Omega that I'm just excited to see you know, consistently what's next. Oh, yeah, and that's why it's, like, it's it's hard to say they're so fucking early in this run. So fucking early. Like, AEW. Yeah. Um, that you just sort of want to see how it grows, who that you know, how it elevates, who goes to the top, and, like, who they acquire to their roster. They're still building a roster. They only go up. They're still here. building a fucking roster. Yeah. They got a contract deal and everything. I but mean, their TV is fucking good. I think SmackDown and AEW are the best shows. Yeah. That's now, the SmackDown is fucking Roman show for sure, because <laughs> it's fucking bad. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, but it's, I'm enjoying right a lot now, of Roman sure. Roman I'm enjoying every bit of like, Slam, dude. it's good shit. Is Cenic and Russell? It's fucking, uh, Roman, you think? I can't say for sure. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm not that bad. next year's Mania. I'd love to, as they well, should have been saying, it's early as SummerSlam, and I have heard those rumors yeah. as well. And that'd be cool. I'd be for it. I don't know about those. I'm not gonna like get overly excited and hyped about it. I'm probably gonna listen to those podcasts because I listen to every podcast like a year late. So I'm gonna listen to other shit from a year from now. By the time I know the answer to this question, but would yeah, they probably they might this. But as of right now, that'd be cool. I will say that's cool, but I'm not gonna place any bets on it. Oh, yeah. well, I was like, hey, I also feel like he's still busy. 
I mean, he might be done shooting all the movies he was shooting. But so I just yeah, feel like he's more doing that so. stuff right now. I think he he might be in a more like in a better uh, place, like in between projects of what he has going on. So maybe he could, because I know that was his reasoning behind not being able to make it a mania. So yeah. maybe he's like done with that. He's kind of in between. So maybe he's like, ooh, maybe I could squeeze in a little title run. <laughs> what did you say about Kenny? Or did you answer for him? I'm gonna give him a fair conception. Yeah. Because the dude's definitely not underrated. You know. Yeah. Everyone nowadays hypes him up a lot. Yeah, yeah. And he's been from the get go. As long as I've heard of him, he's been hyped up a lot. You know. But then you gotta watch him work, and he is. He's that. He's worth it. He is worth it. He doesn't put on a bad match. No. Uh. Seven and eight match, so I'm gonna call that overhyped. But Omega, we call Dave Meltzer's fucking ranking system bullshit. That's what I'm calling overhyped. Just <laughs> the fact of a seven and eight star match. Cause that even make <laughs> the fact sense. that Meltzer has all the authority in the world's overhyped. Yeah, but Omega in himself, I'm gonna give a fair perception because he's not overrated. As he does give a lot of hype, so I could see an overrated argument. But he's worth. The hype. Yeah, it's hard to so see. So I'm going to call it fair, especially yeah. because he's still kind of like, he was a god in New Japan. He kind of had to replace his footing in AEW, but like they weren't obviously going to put the main focus on him right away, I didn't think. So yeah. now that he is kind of like seen as the champion and stuff, you know, he still has a wave to ride. And like I said, just the same thing with AEW, I'm excited to see where he goes because mm-hmm. the dude probably has a solid career ahead of him. Great matches, I'm sure he will be consistent. Great storylines. I'm excited to see more face stuff from him eventually, and I'm also excited to see like where he, as an individual competitor, decides like to take his career. Like the as far as like how AEW developing will play into it. How you know potentially a WWE deal could ever play into it. It's yeah. like there's. He is a mega talent. Everyone in the world knows him. So it's like over time things could develop. I'm just interested to see what what the next, you know, if he really had to put a cap on his career, I'd give him even another 20 years. But a lot can fucking happen in 20 years. Think about the careers that guys like Michaels and Taker had and all those guys built their career underneath one banner. Mm. Omega's been in New Japan. He's been in AEW now. There's a lot of places that he can, and he might end up just being like AJ, where he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna try and reach the top of the mountain in literally every company I could go to." Like, and he, he's kind of like the Thanos of wrestling, where he's basically collected like all the main championships yeah. at this point. Yeah. So, I'll give him fair. Just overall fair, just because. Yeah, he's definitely. He gets a lot of praise, but he is worth the praise. So. And he's gonna he's going places. He's entertaining too. It's like it's, he he's gotten the chance to showcase that more on AEW than you know because like it was it's uh, so much about wrestling in Japan. Man, I feel like yeah he's at it's hard to for sure say he's overrated. Yeah. Because he's at the height of his career. I feel like right now really he's got titles in all these different companies. He's yeah. Fucking, he's the man pretty much like on AEW side of shit. Entirely. He's yeah, much but he's definitely he yeah. He's right not. Now. He's obviously not fucking overrated either because he's a great worker. He's probably yeah. modernly one of the best workers. For he's sure. proved that he is worth every bit of the consistency that he puts on. 
So oh, oh, he's he's up there with fair. he's up there with pretty much anybody in the world, to be honest. Like right now, especially fucking in those New Japan matches, like how much he proved he can. Like what you were saying about the endurance thing, yeah, that's fucking absurd. He was he was like. I mean, he was wrestling matches that were, like, real lengthy. Like, what was yeah. that one? It was, like, 75, 80 minutes or some yeah. shit? Yeah. Some of them were. That's exhausting. Long. That's insane. That's a lot, yeah. but that's... Wow. That's a worthwhile of a match, though. It's yeah. A, it's a hefty-ass mountain of a match, but it's a fucking big blowing match. It's... Good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. You guys about ready to wrap it up? I think it's about that time. Right. Need to get some sleep for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's the main. Fuck, unfortunately. Yeah, <clears throat> I know this second portion has basically only been the good, bad, and shits. Yeah, but, but that, we that talked about opens up a lot yeah. of conversation. Well, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. How you feeling about the podcast? I liked it. I mean, yeah. I feel like everything went well. First well. fucking time ever, huh? Well, I'm sure I'll be back. I yeah, definitely will be back. back. We got to do one. We got to do one with us three and Ethan, and and yeah. it's out there now on here. It's not live, but they're gonna hear it. Yeah, you've had your own episode, and Ethan's had his own episode yep. now. So. Four man do it. Yep. Because the four of us, we got some history. Yeah, <laughs> a little be a bit. Good one. A handful of other people thrown in there. And you got a little bit of a trip left here still. We still got some time oh, this to, is fucking, oh, yeah. Yeah, this to is kick it and do some fun it's shit. It's night two of yeah. my adventures in Missouri. By the end of the podcast. Stay tuned for more. Stay tuned. To <laughs> I'm sure you'll see it play out. So maybe sure. eventually hear what happens in the next few days. <laughs> I don't know how. But on the podcast... This is gonna it. hear anything more. <laughs> <laughs> this is Hot to Trot. Sign it out. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, ladies and gentlemen, have a fucking damn good weekend. We're gonna have a hellacious Hell yeah. rest of your trip here. That's for sure. Oh, it's gonna be something. So. Every day we're hustling. All right, everybody, take care out there. Be careful this weekend. Have a great week. Peace and love.